And good morning. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. He's Griffin. And back with us, the birthday boy, 44 years young, Stan the Fan Charles is back with us in the studio. It's good to see you, sir. Good to see all of you guys again and to meet Carson Weekly. Uh, Carson Tri-Weekly for the next Tri-Weekly because uh, he's been in three times a week during the course of the winter break that he's been home for. Well, that's certainly better than Carson Cry-Weekly. That's better. Much, much better than that. Stan, uh, happy birthday, my friend. Thank you, buddy. Uh, You know what I got for you? Your Speaker of the House. Congratulations! (laughs) Yay! And... I have for you a $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. Look sake. at that. And I'm not even going to force you to spend this one on Carson. All right. This one right. can just be for you. This one I can, can hold on to it till I lose the next bet. Correct. Yeah. 100%. I'm um, hopeful by uh, the time I turn 72, January 6th. 2024 yes that we have a speaker of the house i'm i hope i hope that's the case as well although credit to the the you know a lot of people crush the red team for not uh going after george santos more i think they're doing an amazing job of trying to prevent him from becoming a congressman <laughs> i gotta be honest with you yeah, 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 they're doing, doing a that. really incredible job of trying to prevent that from happening all right uh stan is here we got a lot to do on a friday edition of the show coming up in a bit Rocky Boyman, our friend from out at WLW in Cincinnati, former NFL linebacker. We'll uh, chat with him about, obviously, the game on Sunday. Of course, the situation, it has been uh, quite the week out in Cincinnati. Did he um, Did he used to work for WKRP? I don't know if he was there for the okay. infamous turkey drop. I'm yep. not sure. We'll have to look in to see if uh, we can find out <laughs> if he thought the turkeys could fly uh, or not. Uh, we'll preview the Ravens side of it. Our buddy Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer. Later on in the show, we're going to meet uh, new Navy football coach Brian Newberry, who, of course, was promoted uh, from defensive coordinator to replace Kenny Amatololo. Um, Stan, today's show is brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. They are hiring They are looking for folks who are ready to um, transition in their life to a different path. Perhaps you're a young person. You're someone uh, maybe even Carson's age. How about my age? Uh, You know, you would not qualify. I don't think you would be a cadet. I think you would be an entry-level officer. I think Carson would be more uh, cadet department. And salary started over $30,000, which is over $30,000 more than he's making from us. So That's right. You know, it's definitely worth looking into. But then for you, Stan, yes. you, you got to pass the agility test. I don't know how you're, how agile you're feeling at I'm the moment. Still, I'm still pretty agile. I, can, you, can you tell me what's involved? I had to, so I passed it. I had to run a mile and a half no, in. Okay. No, I'm, I'm uh, out already. Right. It doesn't matter what time I, I give you. I could walk a mile and a half. What if I said 13 hours for a mile and a half? Oh, I could do that. All right. Well, I, unfortunately, it's 13 minutes. So. 13 minutes. No, no, I'm not making right. that. All right. Well, if you could. Yeah. Or if you start training now. I actually probably could do very slowly. But for, uh, I could probably do uh, yeah, I could probably do that in 13 minutes. All right. Okay. All right. I, it, by the way, they told me it was a mile in 13 minutes, and I got there that morning. They're like, ah, I tricked you. Mile and mile a half. half. I said, because I'm thinking, I can, I can walk a, there. Extra half a mile is Yeah, really you. what gets you, no yeah. question. Uh, but if you can pass that, then entry-level officers or lateral officers both started over $60,000 a year wow. with a $10,000 signing bonus. Wow. You and uh, tremendous benefits available as well when you join the Baltimore County Police Department, including 
15 sick days per calendar year with no limit career advancement to more than 20 specialized units and more. Find out more by calling 410-887-5542 or go to joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Stan, have you been practicing your uh, coin flips by chance? Uh, no, I have not been. Does anybody have a coin on them? Should we? I don't know if we should work. No, it's fine. We don't need yeah. to do that. Um, do you have a strategy whenever in your life when when it's been coin flip time? Do you? I, oh, Carson's got a coin. a coin. If we want I, a, a nice quarter right here. Oh. Hey. I I North remember a very funny story, I, and I've always laughed at this story tremendously. It involves a high school soccer coach, though, apparently at Pikesville. This is like 40 years ago, 50 years ago, and he was telling his team about the art of coin flip calling. And he said, if you flip a coin 100 times, 50 times it's going to come up heads, and 50 times it's going to come up tails. If you flip a coin 200 times, 100 times it's going to come up heads, uh, 100 times it's going to come up tails. But damn it, if you only flip a coin once, nine out of ten times it comes up heads. That's the way it works, 100%. Well, I'm a tails never fails man okay. myself, right? And I think that's a lot of people's strategies. Right. And this is relevant, of course, because perhaps the most anticipated coin toss in, in football history could occur, yeah. or at least since uh, the film Friday Night Lights could occur on Sunday. I actually don't know when they would do the coin toss. Yeah. Would they do it right after the game? I, it would be a great time to do it. Just pull yeah. the teams back out to midfield and, and reintroduce the captains and the whole thing, just like you were starting the game all over again. Um, the NFL is attempting to try to find an equitable solution right. for not replaying the Bills-Bengals game right. for all parties involved. The relevance here is that if somehow the Ravens beat the Bengals on Sunday, the NFL will have a coin flip to determine home field. They they will declare the Bengals the winners of the AFC North. They will get the T-shirts. They will get the parade around in the locker room, spray champagne if they want, do whatever it is they want to do. Even though the Ravens would would have beaten them twice. Even though the Ravens would have beaten them twice, the Bengals will be declared AFC North champions. But... There will be a coin toss to determine who would host a potential matchup should the two teams play against each other, which makes things all the more interesting because there's also a scenario where the Ravens could win the game on Sunday and, and lose the coin flip. Well, and not yeah. even get to the coin flip because if the Chargers were to lose on Sunday, then the Ravens would be the five seed, would not be playing the Bengals in the first round, and they would throw all of this out. Okay. The Bengals would go right back to hosting the Chargers yeah. in week one of the playoffs, and the Ravens would travel to the AFC South winner. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, it's in, first of all, the best news I could get day before my birthday is that DeMar no Hamlin appears to be headed toward a normal life, um, and, and which includes good health. Um, but I think the NFL is is overreaching here, overreacting. I don't really think that there's going to be that many fans up in arms in Buffalo or anywhere because you know that the Buffalo Bills, Glenn, are going to use this, you know, win it for three. Yeah, they're going to attempt to make it a rallying cry. And it is a a very tangible to me rallying cry. So in some ways, I think they already have – a sort of a uh, an emotional advantage over whomever they play, um, and they can use it to add a little chip on their shoulder that we uh, we got to go into Kansas City because of this. But I, I I think the attempt to to 
to breathe fairness into it. I think it's very unfair, for example, to talk about how they're going to handle a potential Buffalo-Kansas City game should it come to pass, that it would be at a neutral site. I, I, I think that's very unfair to the fans in Kansas City that, that, did absolutely, that had nothing to do at all with this thing, that they somehow would lose the potential for their their home game. Well, I think I would feel more about that if the Bills hadn't already beaten the Chiefs this year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I think that's the tough part about all of this for I, me is I, I... I just saw it on Monday night. I saw it the way this was going to play out, and everybody's going, well, when are they going to play this game? Right. And all, I said, they're not going to play the game. Right. They're just simply going to say this is such an extraordinary circumstance. Now... If you want to include this in the future, to say in the future, should a, a tragedy like this mm-hmm. occur, mm-hmm. that this is how we'll do it. But to sort of go back in and try and f- make it right, I just think I think you take away something really special from a championship game by playing it in a neutral So site. I think there's an argument for that. I think yeah. that there is a strong argument for the, you know, the the home field advantage concept in the NFL playoffs has been very significant over the years. Like I think that there is a point that you are making when it comes to that. That being said, I I do actually applaud oddly the NFL attempting to figure out something, something other than just saying well, shucks, we tried, guys, and it just didn't work out. I I applaud the yeah. – hang on one second because got to turn your mic back okay. on. Yeah, okay, go ahead. You yeah. know what would really be a real statement of sportsmanship mm-hmm. would be if the Kansas City Chiefs said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to do something. No, unprecedented. And we- unprecedented. We're going to voluntarily give up the home field advantage. Uh, that would be something that would mean something to me. Well, I mean, it would be overwhelming. It would be overwhelming. I'll tell you, I have found it a little bit disappointing in the aftermath of this that the Bengals, who I thought had earned an unbelievable amount of goodwill this week, right? By that they have kind of come out swinging and pushing back and being upset. They're, they have apparently their executive vice president is on the competition committee, right? And attempted to get everybody on the competition <clears throat> committee to vote against this. Um, they got play- Joe Mixon, who's just such a likable guy to begin with. Right. Joe Mixon's on Twitter hey, talking yeah, about he how hasn't he's hit, punched a woman. I know in, the in face years. That's a great. Year? It's a great point, yeah. man. You know, it's almost like it never happened. Joe Mixon's on Twitter, like talking about how they're getting screwed. I, th- this isn't the time, right? Like th- you're not getting screwed by any stretch of the imagination. You know what happened. You might not like it, but there's a big difference between saying. You know, we don't like this and we wish it wasn't this way versus trying to suggest that this is some sort of conspiracy to get you like there is the one thing that I've kept saying all throughout the week. I am always I'm going to be using willing to use an unbelievable amount of grace when it comes to this because there isn't an answer. There's no correct. You and I talked about this yesterday. The, The part that's difficult for the bills is we went through all of this and and you're taking away home field advantage right. from us, and on top of everything else, you're going to take away home field advantage? I, No one can feel whole in any of this. Do I think it's perfect? Absolutely not. It's right. definitely not perfect. The only perfect scenario would be having been able to play the football game on Monday night and having a winner and yep. knowing what it is that you're supposed to do. Given the extraordinary nature of it, in, in a weird way, I applaud the NFL for an attempt. It's not perfect, but it's an attempt to say, what can we do to try 
to be equitable in these circumstances, right. to try to consider the possibility that either of these teams could have won this football game on Monday and do something that can benefit them. Nobody's going to be fully happy. Nobody wins in this process. There's no, there's nothing that good that comes out of it. To your point, absolutely, the league has to take this and attempt to learn from it moving forward. Yeah. They 100% in future years have to consider you know, as we talked about Building yesterday, something into rules and, and, about an extra week at the end of the year or in the middle of the playoffs, something like that. I think a lot of people have said it's not good to put a bye week at the end of the year because then you have the team that gets the bye having two weeks off and nobody really wants that. Right. So maybe the week that you build in is between the divisional round and the championship games. And this is what the NFL has always kind of wanted anyway is to back the Super Bowl up so it would be on President's Day right. so that the you know, most people have off the next day, not us, but schools right. and, and government and all that have off the next day so it would be better for them. I hope the NFL will learn something from this, right? Like I hope that's the case. I still don't know why they were so opposed to getting rid of the bye week between – the Super Bowl and the championship games. I, the pushback about the idea of the Bills going back to Cincinnati has been weird to me. There was a scenario where that could have happened in the playoffs. Um, that that pushback has been odd to me. Like yeah. that we don't we don't want to go back to where this happened. Like, well, at some point you're you're gonna yeah, have yeah. to. Like, yeah. I mean, that's the way this goes. Like, at some point that's going to be the case. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I don't love it. I'm not trying to suggest that it's. Yeah. It's brilliant, but I think it's as... F I do like you. I give them credit for trying to, to say, hey, this isn't exactly fair. But I, I think looking for fairness in the light of an extraordinary circumstance like this, I think the fairness is that uh, Demir Hamlin is going to be okay. That, that's, you know? Demar Hamlin's health, Hamlin's obviously, Hamlin. is 100% yeah. the only thing. I mean, that, that to me trumps, trumps it all. Seriously. There's no question about yeah. that. And that was, it was emotional yesterday. For someone that, again, the overwhelming majority of us had never heard of before this week. Right. But the, the way that this person... I had is, him on my fantasy team. Oh, no. Oh, no. Stan, this, oh, is, this is all your he's fault? He's a great running back. Oh, he's, he's a tremendous running back. He's definitely back. not that. <laughs> not that at all. Um, I was emotional, like, yeah. reading all of this yesterday. Listening to the press conferences yesterday, yeah, I Sean was... Sean McDermott was really... Uh, he was incredible. Yeah, he, was, he showed a great, great uh, sense of what being a leader is you know and knowing how many heroes were involved in this circumstance um just absolutely spectacular the truth be told i don't think that the raven side of this is much going to matter at all right i don't think they're going into cincinnati and beating the bengals on sunday no i don't the, the only question is did it change at all their strategy for sunday's game were they essentially prepared to mail it in on sunday and now that there's at least the chance of hosting a playoff game. Right. Like, I had presented the scenario in the last couple of days where even if Calais Campbell was ready to return, maybe you don't have him play on Sunday. Right. Maybe you just say, not worth it. You know, we got nothing to gain here. Let's not put him back out there. Where now you just wonder if the idea of this coin flip is enough that you say, well, we got to go out and we got to try. We at least have to try to win this right. game. Um the bigger question being who's going to be the quarterback because Tyler Huntley still hasn't even practiced this week. So they might be left with Anthony Brown playing quarterback one way or the other. And if the Bengals are trying, I just don't see a scenario where the Ravens are going to Cincinnati and beating the Bengals. I don't think this is going to end up mattering, but it, it probably means you at least have to go attempt 
to win the football game until yep. a point at which you realize you're not winning the football game, and then maybe you get your guys off the field at that point. Mm. Let's go out to Cincinnati next. Our, our buddy Rocky Boyman, former NFL linebacker, is going to join us. We will chat with him about the, the week that has been. Don't forget, we still have great offers for you. If you go to pressboxonline.com offers for signing up for sports betting, Offers like $100 in free bets from Barstool after placing your first $10 bet or up to $1,500 in risk-free bets from Caesars. Time's limited to get the best offers from all of the sports books. Go to pressboxonline.com offers and sign up today. Stan the Fan is here. And a happy birthday to Stan the Fan. It is a Friday edition of GCR. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit and stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today whether your focus is luxury and comfort convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling we've got the perfect highlander for you check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new highlanders from your local toyota dealer today Looking for some excitement in the new year? Laurel Park has plenty of live horse racing events to spice things up this January. The much-anticipated winter meet kicks off on January 1st, plus we've got special MLK Holiday Racing on Monday, January 16th, and the Winter Carnival Stakes on Saturday, January 21st. Winter may be cold, but the racing at Laurel Park is hot. Learn more about upcoming January events by visiting laurelpark.com. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the bat-around was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. It's the perfect time to sign the young basketball fan in your life up for a membership in the Retriever Kids Club. It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It makes a great gift. Visit umbcretrievers.com slash kidsclub for more info. Membership is available for kids 12 and under in the Retriever Kids Club. Again, umbcretrievers.com slash kidsclub. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, 
We'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. Hey, uh, speaking of good news related to DeMar Hamlin, the good news continued this morning. The breathing tube has been removed entirely. He is breathing on his own this morning and apparently is doing so well that he is on FaceTime addressing the team right now, which is really unbelievable. I mean, truly incredible from where we were to where we are in a very short amount of time. And I can only imagine what that's meant for uh, those players who I'm sure have been kind of struggling this week with the idea of going out and playing football to uh, hear from their buddy and know he's doing all right. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't trade this way to, to have gained it, but I think the Bills going into the playoffs have just a tremendous emotional, emotional psychological like thing we, to we, play have, for. we have something we're playing for, for that's bigger than just yeah. even us trying to win the Super Bowl yeah. I, I understand what it is that yeah. you're saying Stan I I don't know if that makes the difference when you my strategy entirely on oh you're I'm you're all in on, on Buffalo my, now on my postseason <laughs> you're pick. all in on Buffalo um, so incredible news continues this morning in terms of DeMar Hamlin. Prior and, to that, I was going to take the Ravens. Oh, you thought that yeah. they, they were the team to beat. Well, Ian Rappaport said yesterday they feel strongly that Lamar Jackson is going to be back for the postseason. So Ooh. they got that going for him. I don't, yeah. I don't, and, I don't. and his record in the postseason is uh, – <laughs> Well, he's won one. Settle down. Uh, he's okay, won, he won okay. one. That's yeah. right. He did. He won one. He beat the Titans a couple uh, years ago right. on the road. Uh, that's right. There's a chance that they could go to the Titans again. It's a very, very small chance that that could be the case <laughs> Very small chance. All right. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Stan, the fan's going to be headed to Glory Days Grill soon. Got uh, I, I went. I pulled out all the, pulled out all the stops for his birthday present today. <laughs> he got him a twenty-five dollar gift card to Glory Days Grill. I love it. Uh, where I love he some, I love me some chowder. I look. I love Glory Days Grill. Of course, the uh, the comfort classic menu is still available for a couple more weeks, including the twisted ribs and wings combo, the mac and cheese bites, the winter spinach salad, the citrus salmon, the bourbon butter cake. The bourbon butter ca- The bourbon... Oh, my God. It's so good. Radio professional, Griffin Bass. I thought I, I thought the man's a... Now, yes, Carson? I thought I was going to have to oh, fill in there. For all right. We got to figure out. We got to figure that out. Yeah. We got a cord issue. But, Carson, that's okay. We'll still chime in with you a little bit later that's on right. in the show. All right. Uh, GloryDaysGrill.com is the website to get your order in. Let's head out to Cincinnati as we get ready for Ravens. Bengals Sunday. Always a pleasure to be joined once again by our friend Rocky Boyman, former NFL linebacker, now a host on WLW in Cincinnati. Rocky, I know it's been a heck of a week out that way. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us, as always, my friend. Yeah, absolutely, man. Happy to be with you guys. And like you said, it's been uh, one uh, heck of a week of, of emotions. And, uh, you know, the NFL is full of excitement and drama and, and heartache and all that, but um, it, it's, uh, it's, a, it's an exciting time right now, I guess. Rocky, you know what's interesting? I know you don't just do sports any longer. You do talk radio in general. Um, as, as weeks go, the way that this all reflected on the people of Cincinnati and how their, the fans that were at the stadium on Monday night handled this and the community, the way that they rallied during the course of the week, Do you know many weeks that have been better for the the city of Cincinnati and its population than this week has been? I I can't recall. I mean, look, I I always look, I'm from here. So I think uh, overall Cincinnati and and Cincinnatians are are pretty level headed, um, fair minded people. But you're right. It was on display um, during that Monday night game. You know, you, you you don't know for sure, but you could see some fan bases, you know, booing and you know, what, what, when's the game going to be played, you know, all that sort of stuff. But I mean, that that stadium, Paycor Stadium, went from 
the most electric environment I've seen for a Bengals regular season game, maybe ever, right? right? With the light displays and the this and the that, and the fireworks, and then like an hour later to a very somber uh, tone, and, and but fans were very respectful. Um, you know, fans were, you know, patient to some degree um, in, in what was going on. And then the fact, look, we, we have, you know, we always brag here in Cincinnati, we have some of the best medical professionals in the world. And I think uh, that was able to finally be realized by a lot of people outside of Cincinnati. And, and the UC Heart Center, Cardiac Center here is, is a top, top notch facility. Um, and just the fact that, you know, also, I think Bengals fans were, were proud of the leadership that Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott took, you know, together to, you know, cause it, it seemed like once those two came together, uh, th- there was no inclination at all. This game was going to be played, but those two really took charge, took leadership there and said, we're going to, you know, we can't, you know, focus on, on, on a football game right now. The focus goes on DeMar Hamlin. So all that together, you're absolutely right. It was a very good week to be in Cincinnati. Uh, Rocky, Stan and I were just talking about how emotional we've been the last 24 hours, and we had never heard, you know, like we, we knew nothing about DeMar Hamlin until Monday night. But, mm-hmm. you know, these these developments in the last 24 hours, and now this morning him breathing on his own and addressing the Bills over FaceTime, like we're, we don't care at all about the Bills. Like we don't, but yet, like legitimately, right. I have found myself so truly moved to tears this week by all of this news. What? How has it been for, for you guys out there just knowing the, like the true miracle that unfolded on this field? I, I think what in general we lack in society is, is really just any sort of um, desire to understand someone else or, or have empathy for someone else, right? We're always at each other's throats, whether it's sports, especially politics, all this, right? We're, all, we're a very fractured society, so it, it's wonderful when you see uh, a, a collection of people of Americans come together and, and actually be behind a, a, a cause together, right? Put all differences aside. Like you said, I, I didn't know who DeMar Hamlin was. Most people in Cincinnati didn't know who he was, but in you know, the fact that everyone came together and in and, and support of him. And, and again, in a world that's, you know, so divisive in a world where we seemingly can't agree on anything. I mean, literally anything it seemed like everyone agreed that um you know right at that particular moment and it continued through the week that uh you know football wasn't as important um a game wasn't as important as, as the health and safety of, of demar hamlin and, and i just thought it was really cool and, and you just wish america could have more moments that you know that bring us all together that that even you know uh, weren't, weren't tragic but uh you know i guess in, in a way it kind of you know helped bring people together and i think the fact that demar hamlin is doing so well right now is a very very good thing rocky i just wanted to ask you my name is stan charles by the way i co-host on fridays with glenn i wanted to ask you you've been around sports long enough what type of i know the nfl is trying to come up with some kind of fair solutions to something that that you know that's going to be the byproduct of what happened in canceling this game but could you talk to the 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 emotional edge that the Bills may possess over any of the other teams in these playoffs? Yeah, because it's funny because, you know, 48 hours ago, I I think um, the situation with DeMar Hamlin would have been a a major disadvantage. I think people are still, you know, players would still be wrapping their heads around what's going on. And and, and I said this all week, like, you know, as a player, you're in the back of your mind, you're, you're somewhat prepared to see, 
you know, a broken leg on a field. I've seen that, you know, you're somewhat prepared to see dislocated, you know, joints. You're somewhat prepared to, uh, in the back of your mind that you may see a neck injury and a, and a stretcher comes out. You're, you're not prepared as a player or a teammate to see, you know, CPR get delivered on your buddy for nine and a half minutes. That's just yeah. not something you're, you know, so it kind of shocked everyone. And I think put him in a horrible state, but now with the news we got yesterday, uh, from the two UC doctors and, and then, oh my God, the, the greatest story ever. You couldn't write a better script that, you know, the first questions he asked is, you know, <laughs> on a written down was, did we win the game? So right. you had that, the doctor talked about the neurological function was in a good place. And now today getting removed off the breathing. I, I think all that, I, I guess is, is a long winded way of saying, I, I think that puts the bills in a very, very good mindset. 48 hours ago, terrible. Now I think they're saying, Hey man, our buddy, is going to pull through this. Maybe our energy and in the way we play and, and present ourselves in this game this weekend moving forward can be even further energy to help him out. So in that regard, I, I think it could be an advantage for him. Uh, Rocky Boyman from WLW in Cincinnati, former NFL linebacker with us here on GCR. Rocky, obviously this creates a complicated situation for all parties involved now uh, should the NFL indeed give final approval today to this new plan. And it starts with Sunday and Ravens-Bengals. I was convinced as of 24 hours ago the Ravens probably wouldn't try all that hard in this football game on Sunday. Now I, I think they have to try because there's at least the chance that it could lead to a, a home playoff game. I'm not really sure how much that's going to matter given how they've been playing and how the Bengals have been playing of late. But on the flip side... You know, is we've seen a couple of tweets. We've seen some some Bengals folks that maybe aren't thrilled with these scenarios. Does this <laughs> yeah. put does this put a bit of a chip on the shoulder of the Cincinnati Bengals going into this? Yeah, I, I think it certainly could. And and look, this is now the reality of of just life, uh, for better or for worse, is setting in, and people are worried about, hey, what's you know, how does this affect me? And fans are. Uh, you know, going to be upset if you know there's not a home home playoff game and and all that sort of thing. I, I think that's just you know reality, uh, fortunately or unfortunately. But uh, you know, I, I think it's I, I think the Bengals have, are, are right now are, are obviously playing very very well. So you know, and I talk about this a lot. I, I think I remember as a pro player, you know, you play so many games and and they, it can kind of be monotonous. You got to almost find ways to artificially fire yourself up right mm -hmm. you can you know you gotta you know that's why coaches will find a, a sound bite from some uh from someone on the other team and put it on you know the so-called bulletin board material if you gotta find a way either you know realistically or artificially to fire yourself up i think that's a good thing and if the Bengals can say hey this is kind of bs and here we go again the nfl and old cincinnati if we were uh, Dallas, they wouldn't be doing this. So, uh, yeah, maybe there's some sort of advantage you can get. And I think uh, as a player, you use w whatever it takes to get yourself ready to put your best foot forward. The reality is, of course, the Bengals are playing unbelievably good football um, at this point. Yes. And they, we kind of get away from that. Uh, what? Wh once upon a time, we saw the Bengals in Baltimore. They didn't look so great, Rocky. Like, it was not yeah. a particularly good team. What changed? What has clicked and what makes them such a threat, not only this week, but going into playoffs? So, or, sorry. Go and ahead, can, I, can I add to that? Or was it just simply that the appendicitis operation mm -hmm. that Joe Burrow went from, you know, created rust early in the season? Yeah, I, 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 and, and I can hardly hear you there. But, but yeah, I, you're, I think you're talking about the rust of Joe Burrow with the appendectomy. I, I think there's a lot of factors that, that, came to, that have come together and – 
the first one being, look, there was, you know, the addition of four brand new offensive linemen you know, to this team, right? And, and that's something the, the Bengals organization needed to, be, to address, and they did. They went out, they spent some money, and they got, you know, they got, you know, Alex Kappa and Ted Karras and, and all these guys and uh, Lael Collins. Um, but, I mean, anybody who knows anything about football knows the, the offensive line is the one position group that requires the, the most continuity and the most, you know, partnership and teamwork. You got to know where the other guy is, you know, with nonverbal communication that takes reps. And then we live in a world where no one plays in the preseason anymore. And myself and others were complaining about that. Like, look, we got these new guys. How come, you know, they're, they're, you know, we, we don't play them in the preseason and then they look terrible early. Um, but you know, maybe you, you got to give some credit to Zach Taylor for saying, Hey, look, man, we're looking at this from a long-term kind of view and we know we'll have the time to get better and, and not peak too early. So, yeah, so I think what you're seeing is finally these offensive linemen have come together, even though Lael Collins is, is no longer playing and uh, Akeem Adenije is going to be at right tackle. Uh, so that, and then you're seeing Joe Burrow, the rust gets shaken off. And, I mean, he is just now that guy we saw this time last year that his decision-making is just out of this world. I mean, he knows where to go with the ball, and he knows where to go with it right now. And, and that's the thing that separates him from – most of the other quarterbacks in the league. So you got that, and then you got a, a defense that, despite not having probably any household names on it, right? I mean, go ask the average fan in some other city uh, and who, who's the best player on the Bengals defense. They might not even know, right? There's no Miles Garrett on this team or anything like that. But but they're statistically and otherwise, this is a very very good defense. Um, so I think all those things have come together. They're riding some momentum high, and they're playing very well. Yeah, they, they certainly are. I think they're a very serious threat to make a run to a Super Bowl once again this year. Uh, Rocky Boyman, of course, uh, you can follow Rocky on Twitter. It's at RockyBoyman50 is the way to do it. Um, R- Rocky, anything else going on in your world? I know you're often writing books and doing things like that. You got anything <laughs> else we can plug for you? You got you to feel about the championship game on Monday night maybe? Um. Well, I yeah, I mean, my, my book, uh, that's uh, – that's, uh, that's been out two years uh, going on now, but uh, it, it, it did very well, and you can still pick that up and all that. Um, but um, in terms of the uh, the championship game, I, I, first of all, I, I, it's almost I feel like, and I don't know if it's just because here in Cincinnati because of how close we were to the Demar Hamlin situation, but I, I don't know if it's this way outside of here. But I feel like there's no buzz for this national championship game right now, and I hope that changes because I think it could be a really good matchup. I mean, you got. You know TCU, who's I think sixth in, in in college football in scoring, we're at the top most of the year. They, they can put up some points. Mac Duggan can, can put up some points, and you know we saw that that Georgia defense you know be a little bit vulnerable with Ohio State putting forty one on them. So I, I think it has the potential to be a to be a, a real good game, and I, and I hope I'm right about that. I hope you're right about that as well, Rocky. Always appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for taking the time for us. Kudos to everybody in Cincinnati for uh, how you handled yourselves. Yep. This week, it's been remarkable to see. Very good, Glenn. Guys, thanks so much. Uh, we'll, we'll do it again sometime no soon. Question. Thank you. Right, thanks, thanks Rocky. Rocky Boyman yep, from yep. Out, out in Cincinnati checking in with us here on GCR as we get ready for Ravens Bengals on Sunday. And I now, did he did he play for Cincinnati? never played for the Bengals. Never, never played, played for the Bengals. He played play for the for? Titans for the the bulk of his career. I'm trying to think. He played a couple other places uh, during the course of his career, but never played for the Bengals. He's just from Cincinnati. That's the reason why I ended up back home. 
uh, played at Notre Dame, played for the Cowboys. Col- he played for just about everybody but the Bengals. Cowboys, Colts, Eagles, Chiefs, Steelers, Lions, as well as the it's Titans. It's fascinating because you get a lot of these guys that do the local talk, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of them really, they're from that area, but they didn't play for the team. Um, I get going back. Like, that yeah, makes didn't sense. the Browns we, guy we Well, remember him? we had Gerard Cherry on. It was just his wife. Like, he wasn't right. even not – he wasn't from there. Right. He never played there. Right. But his wife got a job, and he said – It's oh, always about a chick. It's always about a chick. You're yeah. 100% right about yeah. that, Stan. Yeah. Um, no, I really do think that the city of Cincinnati has for, – for overwhelmingly, this is reflected very well on them and starting on Monday night because his point – like we have been to, you go to, you still go to Ravens games, Stan. Like you go sit out with all these drunks, and I know that there have been, I, I, I hope that a Ravens, you know, fan base would react the same way. But there's a reason I stopped going to football games. Mm-hmm. Like all of these drunken maniacs that just sort of lose concept of life and the world, and just sort of become almost caricatures of humans in these situations. I don't know. I, I can't promise that everybody would have handled it exactly the right way and that there wouldn't have been a pack of people booing a stoppage of a game or something like that. Um, I would uh, hope that we would have handled it uh, as well. I hope. Yeah. I, I hope you're right about yeah. that. But yeah. they certainly did. They handled it yeah. incredibly well and rallied all week um, and and lifted up uh, DeMar Hamlin and – you know, like that. It was what, just what was real the awesome last, to see. What was the last total we got on monies donated? Was it seven and a half. The it last was time I saw seven it, and seven and a half, and a half million, million, million dollars that had been donated to, which you know, it's wonderful. <laughs> they, had, they had put a, they had put a, a goal of oh, like two hundred thousand. No, it was twenty five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars. Twenty five hundred dollars to raise for toys for for kids. He'll be able to give toys to kids for the rest of his life. For 20 years. Correct. Correct. For the rest of his life. Uh, the Bills uh, said on Twitter this morning, Mar Hamlin FaceTime into our meeting today to talk to players and coaches. What he said to the team, quote, love you boys, unquote. So, mm. um, you know, it's uh, it, it warms your heart. There is no, it warms your heart. It is uh, a remarkable thing to see. This has probably given Donald Trump, by the way, a new way to try and raise money. You know? Oh my God! He'll, he'll that's, report he's that he's going to have right. a, yeah. you know, he's going to have yeah. a goal I was of to like figure out where you were going with. He's going to have like a goal of a million dollars to yeah. to get his brain function back. Oh you know. God. Oh God. <laughs> Today's show also brought to you. Happy January sixth. Yeah. Today's show brought to you by the all new Ginsu Kamado. The mother girl. ruined my birthday. That's son the of mother. a mother. That's son of a. I'm still looking for an attorney out there to for take your class my action case. lawsuit class to try to, to take back January sixth yeah. that you yeah. wanted. I think be, he's damaged it beyond repair. You know? Now what? Now how do you prove there's been an actual dollar figure damage to it, Stan? How do you go? It about is. That? I, I'll admit it's hard to quantify it, mm-hmm. but I, we're looking. We're not looking to make this a monetary win. This is. We more just want to get the win where a judge would say, you know, you owe these people an apology. Okay. All the January. All right. 6th All right. I'm. I'm. Not, you know what? I'm on board with and, this. And and a gift card. To Glory Days Grill, Glory exactly Days right. Grills, yeah. You can go use at glorydaysgrill.com. Yeah. We also need to, pro- speaking of grills, the Ginsu Kamado Grill is the perfect ceramic oh. home gra- get grill oh. or tailgate. I'm still keeping my fingers crossed that that's what Jane got me for my birthday. I hope it is. Yeah. Did she? Do you have to wait till tonight to find out what yeah. you got for your yeah. birthday? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It could be anything. Yeah. 
Now I got it. Now I, I want to know. Now I'm excited. <laughs> it's the perfect ceramic home grill or tailgate for grilling, searing, baking, and smoking all kinds of food. Use the code tailgate at ginsugrills.com. Save $100 when you do. Um, Stan, there is debate now about where a neutral site AFC championship game should be played. How about in Baltimore? You say that's the place to do it. Well, so th- th- this is the debate. The debate is, yeah. should you... Apparently, they they reached out to Detroit. Detroit's not available. They can't. Of course, Detroit wants... I'm ho- sure Robert Kraft will do it. I'm sure Robert Kraft would do it. The debate seems to be centered around, should a neutral site AFC championship game be played indoors or outdoors in the elements, right? Like, that. this goes to... It should be, it should be outdoors, because okay. Buffalo or Kansas City... Probably going to be cold in January. Would be cold in January. Or even Cincinnati, about, if they were to be involved. How about in Lambeau Field? I'm trying to think of... No, the Packers could only be the seventh seed, so there's no way that they could possibly be hosting the NFC Championship right. game on the same day. So, yes, that would be available. I was trying to do the math on, like, if it's Buffalo versus Kansas City, what's... The, the irony being it feels like Cincinnati would Cincinnati actually be, the, would be like right. the location that would kind of be in between the two right. of them that would be the ideal host. But you think it should be out in the elements. And, and I, neutral I, I definitely think it should be game. out in the elements. Yeah. I probably am inclined yeah. just because the nature of Like if one of these was a dome team to begin with that we were talking about, mm-hmm. then maybe I could make the argument for, I don't know. But you're Minnesota's a dome now, right? Uh, yes, Minnesota so Minnesota, is a, yeah. Was a and I'm sure game. Jerry Jones would open his doors for that. But they the, legitimately could Jerry, end up – they could still yeah, end up being the number could, one yeah. seed. Yeah. Um, I don't – I think the, the NFL might want it in New York, for example. Like they might want to play it at, at Giants or whatever. That, MetLife, is that what it's called now? They want, might want to play it there just because major market. And there's probably a ton of – in that market, you have a ton of fans of all these teams to begin with. Right. right, so that helps create that atmosphere that you're looking for for that game. Plus, everybody's going to want to travel for the AFC Championship game. On top of that, do you is there any chance you try to go to the place that's hosting the Super Bowl and kind of create like a I don't know a football festival for a couple of weeks that way? I, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't it's above know. my pay grade. I'd keep it in Kansas City if. Right, the neutral site would be Kansas City is what you're saying. You say a nice neutral site game. You can do the thing where you paint like uh, one end zone. It's like when Tampa hosted the Super Bowl a couple years ago. You can pretend it's a neutral site game at that point and put the Bills' name in one end zone and the Chiefs' name in the other end zone and just make it a neutral site game in Kansas City. Maybe you could play in Oakland, Uh, the the former home of the Raiders. I don't think that they're going to want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) If I had to guess, I think they would probably pass on that. Uh, The other thing that's sort of been floating around in relation to all of that this morning, is there any world... Oh, by the way, the playoffs at stake for the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. Yeah. It's now official. Joe Flacco will start for the Jets Uh-oh. against Skylar Thompson it's, and the Miami Dolphins. I mean, Dolphins. yeah, Dolphins' playoff hopes are over, unfortunately. It's Why? Oh, because Joe, you yeah, got January Joe? Joe? Yeah. yeah, you are. I, mean, it, I don't know that you can do anything against January Joe. Skylar um, Thompson. Damn, now I'm, now I'm upset that I changed off of that game yesterday in our picks. Remember, I'd taken the Dolphins as my lock. That's loser. right. I thought they were playing some other third string. No, Schmo. Joe Flacco will get the start in a game with playoff. By the way, at this point, I'm not even kidding. I I absolutely believe the Steelers are the favorite to get the final wild card spot going into this weekend. Like I understand they need two other things to happen, but your confidence level in Skylar Thompson or in the Patriots beating the Bills, mm-hmm. I ain't seeing it. I to me, the Steelers are the favorite 
to get that. The other thing that's been floating around this morning that I want to cover, if you're the Ravens, we were talking a second ago about, you know, you, you got to go try. Here's an argument that was presented to me. Um, this came from Randy Morgan. It's still not worth it. Basically, you can either try to beat the Bengals in Cincinnati for a 50% chance of hosting them the following week or essentially have a bye week this week if you rest some of your players and scout the Bengals who have to try in order to make sure they lock up the home playoff game and then use that to try to turn around and beat them on the road in the playoffs. It's an interesting argument that's presented that even though you now have a chance to get a playoff game, you still say, look, it's it's not worth it. Let's rest our guys, as many of them as we can this week anyway, and deal with the fact that we're going to have to turn around and go on the road next week and play the Bengals. Do you, would, what would you do if you're John Harbaugh and you had players that you could rest this week? I, I think the larger game for Harbaugh is to try and, and get a team that puts together a performance that's that's you know winning a winning caliber performance that you can go into the playoffs feeling you can win that you can put that kind of effort out there look the the bottom line is the team i think i i heard this the other day they average 28 points a game when lamar jackson yes. plays mm-hmm. and they've actually averaged 18 points He's a game down a little bit because of last seven, 16 yeah, and a something half like something like that you, you've got to believe that you've got a m- more than a puncher's chance against any team if Lamar plays, you know. According to Ian Rappaport, yeah. they believe that he will return yeah. to play for the playoffs. Yeah. Let's talk more about this with our Press Box Ravens beat writer. Bo Smolka is with us this morning on GCR. Bo, good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning. I'm good, thanks. How are you? We're all right. So uh, the Ravens are playing what I guess now we call a meaningful football game I, it's a weird scenario to be in because if they win it they would get a coin flip chance potentially as long as the chargers don't lose to host a playoff game at that point how, how do they approach this this week we know that there's enough of a problem with the quarterback situation not just lamar and tyler huntley but do, do they rest guys this week do they have to go out and try and 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 attempt to win this game like what do they go about doing now knowing that there is some meaning to this game it's really tricky right i mean i think i heard i just heard called the very end of what stan was saying and i think that's a good point i think especially on offense this team needs to know that they can function yeah um and i think they need to try to put together a good offensive game. Uh, I, if you rest your offensive guys and you go out and lose a 30-3 to three stinker, I don't know what that does for you leading into the playoffs. I don't think you can just say Lamar Jackson's going to come in and boom, switch, turned, and we're good to go. Uh, I just think, it, I think they need to find some sort of rhythm on offense somehow. And I don't know if it's there, quite honestly. But I, I think that's the approach they need to take. Um, and it is tricky because you know, yeah, there's a, there's still a goofy chance that they could host a game in the playoffs, and they have that going for them. Um, at the same time, if you were to play this game and say lose Marlon Humphrey for the playoffs, are you saying, wow, that was just a mistake to play him in that game? So it's it's a tricky thing, but especially on offense, I think this team needs to try to find some rhythm and some yeah. something. So I'll, I'll ask the immediate follow-up question. Can can you do that if you have to start Anthony Brown at quarterback on Sunday? 
Well, that I know. There's another question, right? I, I don't know. I don't know if you can do it. If you start Tyler Huntley. That's quite fair. honestly. Yes. They haven't done it yet. They haven't done it in four weeks with Tyler Huntley. So, uh, you know, and, and I think in the end, though, ultimately, whether Huntley or Anthony Brown starts, I think this team to beat the Bengals in any situation, they need like four or five sustained drives led by their running backs. That's who they are. That's what they want to be. They're best if Joe Burrow's on the sideline. And that's got, that's got to be their game plan regardless. So whoever the quarterback is, I think that's how they potentially try to attack this game and try to win the game is going to be by running the ball. So um, I, I don't see a situation in which Huntley or Brown would be asked to throw it 30 or 40 times unless they're down by 20 points or something, which could happen. But I think, in, in, I think what they need to do to try to win the game is run the ball. Bo, uh, we've heard starting yesterday this whole discussion of the NFL trying to create some fairness here by playing the uh, potential Buffalo-Kansas City game. Should it come to that in a neutral site? Uh, the coin flip, if the Ravens are victorious this week uh, to decide who would host a home game between those teams. Um, do you think that's just overkill by the NFL that everybody is – there's there's not like a clamoring for fairness here to begin with because of the extraordinary circumstances surrounding the cancellation of that game. Well, I just think that they're, I think they're looking for the best case scenario, given that they're going to cancel the game. And I've heard fans from literally every of these cities complain about it, which tells me that it's kind of fair. Um, as someone okay. else said to me last night, as someone else said to me last night, no one's happy. So it must be pretty fair. But I also will say in my mind, I think they could have easily done away with that bye week between the Super Bowl and the, uh, the between the division, conference championship games and the Super Bowl and played that that Bengals Bills game. They had a week of wiggle room and they chose not to use it, and that, that's their choice. But that was another that was another way they could have done it, and that way that everyone would have played uh, all the games. There would have been a home team for the division cha- for the conference championship game, regard no matter what. Um, because I think that would be, that's the way it should be. I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of weird to have, say, the Chiefs and the Bills play in Indianapolis or Atlanta or wherever that game might happen. I just think that's wrong. So if it were me, I would have liked the idea of bumping the bumping everything, play this week fine, but then find that wiggle room and add that, maybe make a week 19 that's just the Bills-Bengals game. Now they would argue, wait a minute, then every other team got to buy what we didn't. Okay, there, there, there's no perfect solution but in that solution everyone plays the same number of games and the conference championship game is at a home venue which i think it should be uh, that part you know standard brought that up earlier both smoke is with us here on gcr the part where you're getting a, a neutral site afc championship game i do agree like it's it's that's a bummer it's not what it's supposed to be but yes to your point bo there's just there's no way to win for everybody here and, and in a weird way i i kind of applaud the nfl's at least attempt to find equity somehow in all of this. Like, it's, it would have come off very NFL to me for them to just sort of, like, shrug their shoulders and say, well, there's nothing we can do and not even attempt. I, I actually applaud can, their attempt. Can you, but can you guys... Well, I'll can, say this. The interesting thing, and I, I know uh, Florio of Pro Football Talk had mentioned something last night, I believe it was, is that it's actually in the NFL manual this year for a situation like this. And it basically says you just go by winning percentage. Right. And so that, yeah, it, I think they were, so that's, 
that's why the owners have to meet to approve this change because there already is something in place for this. And according to what's in place for this, you just go on the games that happen and that's that. So the NFL is looking at this in a way and saying, well, maybe this is a little more fair, but it is interesting that they have a situation in writing for this exact situation. And now they're decided they want to change that. So I found that to be very interesting. Can you guys imagine what that week would be where you were kind of anticipating a playoff Saturday and Sunday, and now you've got a week that they have to move everything around? The networks have to move all this advertising money and what games. And then you got this dud weekend that's got one game that that needs to be played on, you know. I mean, it is a pretty exciting game. Like, it is a game that we'd be looking forward to. It was a yeah. game that all of us were sitting. I don't it's know. not. It's I'm, not. I Atlanta love that. And New well, I love that first Saturday. Stan clearly. Yeah. Stan clearly that clearly the NFL is agrees with you because they obviously didn't take it. They that I guarantee you that discussion happened. Yeah. And they said, you know what? No, that's of all the solutions, that's not the best one. Right. Um, and that that obviously is how how they yep. came they came to that decision as well. Uh, Bo wrote at length about Roquan Smith and the new print issue of Pressbox, which is great, our great article, best of 2022 issue of Pressbox, which you can find right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town, or read it all at pressboxonline.com. Bo Smolka with us on GCR. Uh, uh, Bo, if I can move away from the the discussion of the games and and look at the Ravens season, how how much has has Lamar been damaged by this season? And and how much more difficult is it for the two sides to thread the needle that will make him a Raven for, you know, the next seven to ten years? I think it's made everything more difficult. I think it's made that more difficult. I, and let's face it, if the Ravens had any designs on franchising him and then trading him, which is something more and more people are saying. Right. Well, his trade value has probably never been lower right. than exactly. it is right now. So that makes a lot more complicated. And now when the two sides sit down to talk, sure, it's going to be testy because now this is two years in a row. He's missed the last five games of the season and availability is an issue. And to be blunt, he wasn't playing that well when he got hurt. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just think it's, it, it does complicate things a lot. And, I know I, if I'm Lamar Jackson's camp, you're still trying to get the kind of money you were talking about getting before. And if you're Eric DaCosta in the Ravens camp, you're saying, well, wait a minute. That, yeah. That's not that, – the play hasn't validated that. So, and again, as if they, if they were to try to tag him and trade him, which I'm not sure is, is a possibility, then that's also dicey now because you look around and other teams are like, well, they're not going to give what they might have given a year ago or two years ago or six months ago. Because his value is not as it's not as good. Um, uh, one it's other made things very complicated. One other question regarding Lamar in that situation: Do you think that his hiring somebody to handle negotiations now may even be more important to him now than it was two years ago or a year ago? It's a good question, and probably so. Um, but I mean, it's it's certainly a complicated situation, and and Roquan Smith doesn't have an agent either, for that matter. Now he's not quite as tricky a situation, maybe, um, as this as Lamar Jackson. But um, I, I think it would behoove him to do it. But again, it's that's going to be up to him. Yeah. 
Uh, Bo, one of the things that uh, got people worked up this week, John Harbaugh uh, was asked about Gus Edwards and says, yeah, it's unacceptable. And then the response back from fans is, right, but you're the coach. Like, shouldn't you be doing something about that during the course of the game? This, of course, comes on the heels of the situation in Cleveland a couple weeks ago, which I thought was drastically more unacceptable than this was. I think you can make an argument that, you know, they weren't running the ball in the middle of the field on Sunday night, and that's what Gus Edwards does. I, The Steelers kind of took that away on Sunday. But just what do you make of all of this conversation about John Harbaugh's role? Like, it's easy for people to say, well, that's on the offensive coordinator. But what where John Harbaugh's role is in not turning around and saying, we screwed up, but having the responsibility to say, I need to be involved as the head coach and do something about it in the midst of a game. Yeah, it's interesting. I just feel like I just feel like there have been a couple times this year, that being one of them, where it's just like a very – it's very evident that there's some dissatisfaction with Roman. Um, and, and he's never – John Harbaugh is not one to really ever throw his guys under the bus ever. But there's been three or four times I can think he said something that you're like, that doesn't – I'm Greg Roman. I'm not really liking to hear that. Um, and so – I don't, you know, it seems, I think John Harbaugh to a large degree and maybe too much of a degree um, is a manager to the extent that he delegates to his guys and his guys do their job. And, and Roman's job is to have the offensive personnel on the field and call the plays and do all that. Um, and it is tricky after the fact to say, wow, we, we didn't, I'm not happy about that. And, and he is a head coach. And so it does ultimately fall on him. But I think it was a, it was another of I think a few this this year times where he's the dissatisfaction with Roman has been apparent. Um, I I tend to agree with that, and I'm in a weird place. And I brought this up with Brian Billick yesterday. He said, "Look, you don't do this. You don't you don't veto a play call like that. Your offense. You don't shackle your offensive coordinator like that. It, it doesn't work that way." But. I don't know. I also I also don't think that you can go back at the end of the game. I think that there's a little bit of dereliction of duty for you afterwards to be like, well, they we really screwed that up. Well, you're we. Like you are you're the one. Like you don't get to turn around and say, man, we really messed this thing up. But, but it means you did. Like that does it well, does again, fall I, on you. I also think uh, go back to the James Prochet double reverse pass. Yeah, right? right, that was another right. one. That was another where, one. Where yeah. again, like that comes in, and if you're if, if you're Harbaugh, Harbaugh after the fact said, "Yeah, that was probably the wrong time for that." Well, <laughs> I mean, you would think Harbaugh could have shot that down right then, called a timeout, and said, "No, we are not doing that." <laughs> um, but he didn't, and then after the fact, he was unhappy about it. So I understand what Billick say to extent, but I. You're right. It ultimately falls on the head coach, and the we is is you. Basically, you're right. the fall guy in the end. Right. Um, but but uh, it's it, but the Prochet one also came to mind. Uh, same exact kind of thing. Where the next day there was a lot of lamenting from the head coach about what the offensive coordinator called. He is Bo Smolka at B Smolka on Twitter is how you follow him. You want to get a plug in for the podcast? Sure. We didn't get to do it this week. I'm traveling to, or I was traveling a lot the last week. Dan Wilcox is away right now, but Daniel Wilcox and I, former Ravens tight end, we have a podcast on the Believe Network, B-L-E-A-V. Uh, he's away right now, but we're going to be back probably Monday or Tuesday, more likely, with a playoff preview, and we'll kind of get a feel for where this team is heading into the playoffs, which is not in a great space at the moment. We'll see what it looks like after Sunday. No doubt. All right. Thanks, Bo. Bo, appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you again next week, all right? All right. Thanks. Take care. Bo Smolka, Press Box Ravens beat writer with us here on GCR as we wind down our number one of the program.
Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Stan, it's been a couple weeks since we've had you in here, so when we come back in, I want to talk about uh, the, f- the fact that nothing's really changed on the Orioles' front. I just want to discuss that a little bit. Wait a minute. They, they hired Cal Perry. Right. There is that. They got a Cal Perry, who apparently is not a big fan of the owner of the baseball team, <laughs> as we <laughs> found out in the <laughs> days afterwards. A reminder, maybe scrub your Twitter account. <laughs> maybe make it private when you get a big job, something well, like that. Yeah. Um, but I, we'll talk. We can talk about it. Well, we'll talk about all that. Plus, before uh, the end of the hour, Brian Newberry, a new Navy football coach, is going to join us. That's all on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual Best of Issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the Birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Looking for some excitement in the new year? Laurel Park has plenty of live horse racing events to spice things up this January. The much-anticipated winter meet kicks off on January 1st, plus we've got special MLK Holiday Racing on Monday, January 16th, and the Winter Carnival Stakes on Saturday, January 21st. Winter may be cold, but the racing at Laurel Park is hot. Learn more about upcoming January events by visiting laurelpark.com. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The weather outside is really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com Glory Days Grill great food good sports that first sip that first bite Mm. starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. Again, these offers that we keep telling you about, they're not going to last for forever. I know you've probably heard about them long enough that you're like, eh, I'll get around to it. I'll think about it. You have signed up for sports betting in the state of Maryland using whatever service you signed up with. But you're leaving money on the table if you don't sign up with other offers. You don't have to play forever. You can take the free money, take the free bets, play those out, and then pull the money out and move somewhere else if you want. You're leaving money on the table in terms of sports betting. If you don't go to pressboxonline.com offers, take advantage of $200 in free bets from DraftKings after you place your first $5 bet or $1,000 in risk-free bets from BetMGM. Time's limited to get the best offers from all of the sports books. Go to pressboxonline.com offers and sign up today. Um, by the way, uh, Carson has lost a lot in our picks contest. He begged out of this week's picks contest. Hey, wait, hang on. Let me, let me let him defend himself. What, what happened here? Hold on. I did not beg out. That's not what happened. Well, why didn't you participate in picks this week, I, Carson? Griffin, Griffin texted me and said, hey, because uh, I, I wasn't going to be there to do the picks. But you, could, you weren't here to do the picks the previous and week. You were out getting a pentatone. You know what? It's probably best that maybe... That sounds like you begged out after you lost a lot, that you were afraid of losing again. Is that what not what that sounds like, Stan? That's so, you know, so what it sounds like to me, Glenn. Yeah. I'd be lying to you if I told you it wasn't a factor. Yeah, I, I figured that three, was probably the three case. Three in Carson, a row. Carson said, I don't want to lose again. I'm out Pretty this much. week, so he will not have to worry about the pork and beans. Uh, what are we doing? Pork and pork beans, beans popsicle. popsicle. Yes, correct. For this week's loser. Stay in the fan. Yes, sir. Since the last time we saw you, yeah. the Orioles got their guy, Ryan O'Hearn, and then they got rid of their guy. <laughs> and then they got, they got the guy O'Hearn. that they really wanted right. all along, yeah, that, Lewin, du- Lewin Diaz. Diaz. Yeah. They've the gotten really him really twice. That's why not? Do you think there's a shot that they could lose him again? It's totally acquire possible. O'Hearn again, but then go back to Diaz? Diaz? Yes, I think that all those things are possible at this point. Um, the reality is, yes, they have made. I don't even remember what moves they had made. It's been a few. I weeks, really, I, I so. did. I wasn't. I was sort of excited about the prospect. I thought Eric Hosmer would have been a really good fit for this team right now. Uh, Cubs know. ended up yeah, being the Cubs ended up. Uh, wooing him away um there's another interesting player who had a really horrible 20 and a really horrible 21 excuse me a really horrible 21 and a 22 is mike moustakis so he was just released just released by the cincinnati reds and what he does that roofnet odor really couldn't do uh, I guess did Odor ever play third base last year? No, like one time. But or, maybe. Yeah. But Mustakas can play second. He can play third, and he can play first. first. Yep. Yeah. Um, and he can DH. To your point. Um, to your point. Yeah. It's it's been rough. I mean, he is. But I'd have to know. Uh, that's not my job, really. 
but Mike Elias would know what injuries he had, talk to the player, you know, if the player really wants to, you know, gear it up for one. He, he's the type of guy in our ballpark. I think he could easily hit 12 or 15 home runs, you know. So, yeah, okay. I'll listen I'll listen to that. I, 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 I'm I, not saying go out tomorrow and right, sign him. Right, but Discuss it. There's not going to be 12 teams after Mike You would Moustakis. not think. Yeah. You would not think. Stan, all that is – I bring all these things up yep. to say at this point. Have you kind of just accepted that this is the way it is, that they are – next year is the year, that they're not – there's no big even trade that is going to come, that the strategy this year was let's poke around if something you know were to play out that it makes sense. Right. Or do you still think there's a world in which – you know, they could be in on one of these pitchers that's left um, Johnny Cueto and Michael Waka of the world at this point. I doubt that they're in on either of those two uh, pitchers in any significant way. You haven't heard Cueto's name mentioned at all, other than by me. Um, I think he'd be a perfect fit, but it looks like he's going to sign. Yes, most Carson's of, also a big Johnny Cueto guy. Right, guys, day right? one. I was, yeah. on day one of free agency, yep. I circled his name. Yep, but, but the one good thing about Cueto going to the Marlins would be that that might make a Marlins trade of a starting pitcher more more probable. Uh, I still think there's a possibility we could do something with the Marlins involving Urias and Stowers for a pitcher or something like, like that. Um, I think that's a possibility, but I, I agree with you. I would say uh, very tepidly that I like the moves that they've made. Uh, I think of all the moves uh, Elias has made here in terms of acquisition, I think getting James McCann for two years for $5 million is about as good as as you can do in any deal. That's, a, that's an amazing acquisition to make. Um, I don't I, know if I'm going to say amazing. I, I don't know if I do. I like McCann. Uh, if you look I, at his couple right, of years. I like McCann. I think th- I, I think just think there's a limit to how good an acquisition of a backup catcher can be. You know what I mean? Like I, I think it's a I, solid move. I'm, I, I'm fine. I, I, somebody's got to play. Because, I know, you but know? I, think, I think if you look at the way Brandon Hyde handled uh, Rutschman last year, mm-hmm. I think the combination of the hitter he is as a right-hander, uh, I'm, he's certainly not a strict platoon guy, Rutschman, but I think they're going to play him 120 games behind the plate and 15 as 15, 18 as a DH. You know, so that 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 gives me that gives me 60 games that McCann may have an impact on, which is more significant, and he can have an impact. Whereas Robinson Chirinos. Right, you know, was, was, a, was an upgrade right. over Severino and Chance Cisco. You know? let, me, let me read this from Jim Bowden in the Athletic this yep. week. The yep. Orioles have signed pitchers Kyle Gibson and Michael Givens and improved their veteran position player depth with the acquisitions of second baseman Adam Frazier, catcher James McCann, and first baseman outfielder Ryan O'Hearn. Well, they had, right. they had right. for a second. Orioles fans are probably disappointed the team didn't land a bigger name starting pitcher. But it wasn't because of a lack of effort. Baltimore's front office was aggressive in trying to sign second- and third-tier starting pitchers in free agency, the pool of starters coveted most after Jacob deGrom, Justin Verlander, and Carlos Rodon. The Orioles have a strong farm system, and they could dip into it if they find an appealing blockbuster-type trade. But their, quote, big splash moves, unquote, are probably a year away which mix, makes sense as it gives their young players further opportunity to develop and prove themselves this season. 
you and I have talked about the comparison to the Padres. The Padres didn't wait until they were ready. They went ahead and made their moves ahead of time to say, we don't know what's going to be available. When something's available and we can do it, we're going to do it. Now, the Padres turned into silly money, of course. They turned into... And, and not a great deal of success. Not for the money, based on the amount of money spent, right? right? right. It compares, clearly, I, it's tough to say that. The Padres were utterly off the radar in baseball before they started making aggressive moves. They have very much been on the radar. You know, they, 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 they did get to the NLCS a year ago, but to your point, right. given the totality of what they've spent, no, it hasn't turned them into, they haven't reached a World Series yet. But they did get themselves into the equation by being aggressive. Now, the Orioles are never going to be as aggressive as the Padres have been. That day is not going to come where they're handing out multiple ridiculous $200-plus contracts. That's not going to happen. Correct. But the time-wise, the idea of them saying, hey, next year would really be the year to do this versus doing it now, what do you make of that? Well, I think, look... I'm a I'm a Mike Elias fan as, as far as an executive. I think he misspoke when he did the liftoff thing. You know, I think he was trying to convince his team that from here on in we're all in. I don't think the Orioles have the resources right this moment to be all in the way Peter Kreidler could be all in out in San sure, Diego. Right. John Angelos is not a billionaire. Nope. Okay. Uh, and, and again, I don't know how Georgia, Angelos, and John access Peter's money to operate the Orioles. If Peter were running the team day to day, he would have access to say, hey, I'm going to put $200 million into right. the team right now. So I think they need the business side of things to pick up, uptick. And I think we could reasonably assume, would you agree, Glenn? That they'll draw 1.7 to 1.9 million this year if, if, if things if, go if, if things they, go right. well if they you know out of the shoot right look as competitive as they were a year ago I do think it's really hard particularly for a team like this if they get off to a bad start even if they were to correct it I just think it's you've got to out of the gate you got to get out of the gate right. be interesting and and entertaining exactly but, but right. let's just say my scenario then you've got a little bit more money next year you also to me, I think the the thing that they're trying to do, and I boy, I, as I get older, I use the term "thread the needle." Yeah, more. They're trying to thread the needle to see before we give up some of these prospects. Let's see what Connor Norby or Jordan Westberg are. We don't want to give them up too soon. So I think you're going to see a fair amount of experimentation this year with guys like Norby, Westbrook, and Stowers and maybe Colton Kowser, you know, to to get to have a really better eye of, you know, Buck used to use, sometimes you always covet other teams, you know, players, when you might have the answer right here. And I think that's what Mike Elias is sort of assessing. But I sure as hell would have loved to have come away. I still would love to come away with Waka or Cueto or make a trade with the Marlins to get either Paco Lopez or or my guy Jesus Lazardo. So it's interesting you bring this up, right? Because I've I've had I think it was, was it Kevin Brown who was on we were talking about this a couple weeks ago. And, it sounds like that. Yeah. And I and I said I read that piece. I said, look, you know, I absolutely 
I understand the argument of you're still trying to identify exactly. You still have a lot of questions. The, the, the group of knowns, like the players that we know, are definitely part of the group that you think is going to contend for whatever. Rutschman and Rutschman Gunner. Gunner, and that's about it, right? right. Like, that's about it. Then, then Mountcastle and Hayes and Mullins and Santander, they're they're good major league players. They're all guys you who know, could be. Yeah, they, they could, could be, be part of that group, but we're not certain that they're part of that group. Right. To say, hey, let's take a look at this for another year and maybe a year from now, we're more confident about one or two of these guys who are definitely are or one of two of these guys who definitely aren't part of that group and kind of go from there. Remember, we are all talking last May that Austin Hayes was definitely in the R category, right? Like, we were talking about Second Austin. Second half of 21 in the first two months of last year. We were ready to give like him an extension was... and make him a cornerstone piece yep. of what it is that the Orioles were doing. Yep. Uh, for a month last summer, we were ready to throw everything at Jorge Mateo. For you know, we had we had moments with just about everybody last year, right? Urias. We had moments with just about everybody where we were ready to go all in. And then we got to the end of the year, and we were like, "Yeah, not not really. Like they could be part of it, but we don't know." I still am with you. I would still have preferred or prefer that they fortify the roster to help in making progress by adding at least one more legitimate quality Major League Baseball player this year. Yep. And that's been the disappointing part of the offseason to me, that still, for the most part, it's been shuffling the deck chairs, right? For the most part, it's I, been... I think that's unfair to Elias. I, I said I'm tepid on what they did, but each of the moves they've made to me is a fairly significant upgrade on what they had. Uh, that's just my opinion, Glenn. I think Adam Frazier is a much more solid major league player than Roofnet Odor, and I grew to really enjoy Odor and that's last the, year. Like that's, I think he is... I mean, uh, they didn't get go out and get impact players, but they got four players. Gibson-Lyles is more a push, but Michael Givens... The, the Michael Givens I watched here in Baltimore for four or five years and what I've seen of him in Colorado and and with the uh, Mets and did he pitch for another team? The uh, Reds? Uh, the yeah, Reds? I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. Or was uh, it the Cubs? Uh, I think it's both of them, actually. Yeah. I think he's a, a really nice pickup. He's much better than Joey Crable. You know? uh, okay, I, that's, okay. I, there's the strongest so argument. Incrementally, I think each of those three moves, McCann, Frazier have given the club a better veteran player than they had. But how many more wins do you think those guys are even combined? Maybe two. And that's you sort know. of what I'm yeah. saying. Like to me, when I I'm, I'm not when I say shuffle the deck chairs, I just don't think any of them are significant in that way. And I would have preferred to see this team do something of significance, not again, not going crazy. I'm, I'm totally just, look. I'm in total agreement with you. The guy I wanted, and you know that, yep. was Justin Turner. Yep. And I wanted them to go out and get a significant starting pitcher by trade, either Lu Lucas uh, Giolito or Jesus Lazardo. Lazardo still may be available, you know. And boy, if they came away with him at the last minute here. In a no, trade in the next it, month. It would certainly. And look, yeah. we have seen this franchise even under, you know, do things, find out who the last girl is at the table and say, 
Let's make this work, right? Yeah. Like, that was a- Andrew Kashner. That was Alex Cobb. Like, we have seen that they have gone that route and said, let's let the entire process play is out. Kashner still available? Probably is, if I had to guess. Probably still the case. But who knows if that doesn't end up being Michael Waka at yep. some point. Like, yep. that you just get to the end of this, and you get to February, and Michael Waka's sitting there, and he's like, you know what? Maybe deferred money doesn't sound that bad to me. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll make this work. I think the Twins are going to sign him. You know, somebody, somebody's better is going to sign him. Uh, an argument that's been floating around this week, the idea of trying to tr- get into the trade conversation for Brian Reynolds. Interesting. Re- Certainly interesting. Realistically, I think they'd want quite a bit. I definitely think they I think they'd want, like, Mullins, Hall, and Stowers, and maybe even Westberg. I think they'd want Alexis. He's still got, like, two years left on his deal. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that they. Can, that's yeah. I don't. Well, there, there's no well, way they can. That, do I'm, not saying, I'm not saying we give that up, but that's what the Pirates. Would no, ask I, us and for. I just don't think they can get that. I don't think there's anybody. Well, that nobody's can, giving up that much for Brian right. Reynolds. Like I know the Yankees, the team that's been tied most to Brian Reynolds yeah. in terms of a trade. They don't really even have that much to to give up. They don't have that. Well, that's they got, and That's about it. They got one of those two shortstops. Vol, Volpe, sure. You know, maybe Volpe and a and a young pitcher or something like that. You know. I'm interested in Brian Reynolds. I'm not. I'm not convinced he's a superstar either, right? Like I'm in this weird I think place. He's, I think he's, I think a he's more a, proven. Uh, no Austin, question about that. More proven. Austin Hayes hasn't shown the propensity to be injured. You know, I mean Hayes. That's one of the things you're sort of uh, you're waiting for the shoe to drop at any moment. 100. I, I guess what I'm saying is I I think he's a good player and I'd want him yeah. right. But I can't yeah. make a deal for him assuming he's a superstar when I don't think we know that about Brian Reynolds. I think we know he's a productive player, like, and I like Brian Reynolds, but I don't know that we can assume that he is a true game changer inserting himself into an Orioles lineup moving forward as much as he's just a solid player. I think he's you know a Nick Markakis-ish type of guy who you'd like to have, obviously, but to make a, a a robust trade, a blockbuster trade to get Brian Reynolds, yeah, I I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that at it's all. He's also a local guy. He's born in Baltimore, so that'd be kind of a cool story. Did I know that? I didn't. I didn't know yeah. that. He moved. To, I, apparently, he moved to Tennessee at a young age, but he was born in Baltimore. It's the same story as uh, uh, uh the pitcher in Tampa, right? Um, Oh God, uh, McClanahan, right? Yeah, Wasn't he born yeah, in Baltimore? Yeah, and and I did not know that about Brian Reynolds. By he the went way. to Vanderbilt. Um, how about that? All right, so you you are still hoping that there could be a trade. I'm still hopeful of a trade, and uh, again, they could surprise you if the price on Waka falls, but I don't I don't think it is. Do you still want Pablo Lopez? I know you're high. I, I, I'm much higher on Lazardo. Okay, you know, but uh, but if if the trade was like Hayes and Hayes and Urias or something like that for you know, and we got Lopez and a, and maybe a young arm along with them, you know, I, I'd go for that. You still want to deal Cedric uh, Mullins? I would be willing to deal Mullins. It would it would depend upon what the end result is all going to be. I'm in know? the same boat when it yeah. comes to Cedric Mullins. Like not that I'm trying to get rid yeah. of him by any stretch of the imagination, but but you got to give up something to get something. Exactly right. Know? And yeah. and you're in a you're in a weird place with Cedric Mullins. Like it's we've talked about this at nauseum because of his age. You know, like he's and when he comes up, you're in a strange place when it comes to Cedric Mullins, and because his arm is not great like you just don't know that you can as much as you love his range you don't know that you can pencil him as your center fielder moving forward and I think 
I think the Orioles have to start making decisions about that. Is his bat consistently going to be good enough that you're giving him a corner outfield spot if you're convinced that you're going to have to move him off of center field at some point? Some of that could be decided by performance this year. You know, if Colton Kowser gets goes, off it, to an by amazing – this goes back to the conversation we were having. Right. right? If he gets off to amazing AAA performance and is really you, – you know, hey, this guy's as ready as he's ever going to be – and Mullins is playing well, but let's say Austin Hayes is playing well, and Cows, maybe you say, hey, ultimately let's put Cowser in center and Mullins in left. Suddenly his arm isn't as big a deal in left field to me as it is in I, you know. I agree completely. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is his bat strong enough to continue to, to lock him up for a it'll corner be, outfield it'll spot. It'll be interesting to see how he responds to the non-shift right. and the addition of size of the base okay. where maybe he's 44 steals. That's a great point. You know, right? And that suddenly he, his speed is more valuable. more valuable. That yeah. is a very fair point. Yeah. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, baseball, Stan the Fan and I uh, next Friday are going to be joined by our buddy Dave Ginsburg. It's an annual tradition. He will unveil his Hall of Fame ballot with us we are now i don't know if you have you been checking this stand the uh, hall of fame tracker no i have not done it this year how's um, my boy billy wagner doing um th- not good at the moment <laughs> <laughs> does not look great for billy's chances how about jeff kent neither one of them it, it doesn't it does not Ken, look Kent's great. on my ballot he's on my ballot. there you go you got that going mostly because him, of his nice. survivor performance okay, uh when I he was on survivor I don't care and about that you're just not going to get me is piazza won that show that new show yes. yeah yeah the 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 toughest they sort of dropped they sort of dropped him from the promos like they did. i think i think did he get eliminated a, already i think it's a sign he might get he might eliminated have already be early or something um like there are only two players right now who are tracking above 75 percent they are scott, scott Rowland at yeah. 81 1.1%. It was brought up to me that if Scott Rowland gets in, it would be the smallest first time first percentage vote to ever actually make the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um because he only got like 10% on his first ballot. Right. And now he sits at 81.1%. Todd Helton still right now is above the threshold at 78.7, but um, the the Hall of Fame tracker guys and doing their math say where they expect the votes to come from. They don't think, think either he one would will get. How about they Roland, think is, Roland is right on the is cusp. right right, but they well, don't. Where where are Wagner and uh, Wagner is at seventy point nine percent, and Kent isn't even. Kent's at forty nine point six percent. So Kent has ballot. no chance. Kent is Wagner not going to make it. Wagner probably has. And Wagner still has two more ballots if he doesn't. If he yeah. doesn't get in, he still has two more years to grow a little bit of that. Like that trends toward a tenth ballot push. I, I remind Wagner. people that are listening, including Steve Ginsburg, uh, my, uh, Dave David Ginsburg, yeah. David Ginsburg, uh, that uh, he ha- the guy only has a whip lower than Mariano Rivera. Well, yes, but Mariano and Rivera his, played for the Yankees. I'm not sure stri- if you and his strikeouts. But how's that impact what you're? Oh no, it is? shouldn't. It right. shouldn't. I'm just saying. Oh, that's okay. The way that I got. Pe- I, I like, got you. I got the, you. The way the, the voting for Mariano yeah. Rivera was he was a Yankee. Yeah, Yankee, that's and it. they won four World Series. Correct. Yeah. Like that's yeah. that's the list yeah. of things. Yeah. Um, Billy Wagner's strikeout numbers to innings pitched and his hits to innings pitched is are insane. You know. Gary Sheffield right now is at 67.7%. Now, he's on his ninth ballot, so he would also still have one more, one more year, year to try to, to grow yeah. closer towards 75%. And it's a shame Sheff wasn't as mature as he is now when he was a player. 
you know, he probably wouldn't have moved around as much. He, he was a great player. There's a gentleman in the other room, and I'm not sure who he is. So we're going to have to deal with that in a second. Andrew Jones, by the way, is at 70.1%. Maybe he wants to come in and talk about the Hall of Fame ballot. Maybe that's what this gentleman is here okay. for. All right. Uh, we will come back in. Brian Newberry, new Navy football coach, is going to spend some time with us. Stan the Fan is here on a Friday edition of the program. Today's show is also brought to you by UMBC Basketball. Big win for UMBC last night against Albany. UMBC gets a big win. The women are at home on Saturday night to take on Bryant. Get your tickets, umbcretrievers.com. Again, umbcretrievers.com to get your tickets for game day at the peak. New Navy football coach Brian Newberry is next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. That first sip, that first bite, mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back with season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. What is it, Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 105.7 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at Pressbox online.com slash bowser the next tyus bowser show is tuesday january 10th at guilford hall brewery 1611 guilford avenue in station north it's brought to you by maryland vascular specialists and the all-new ginsu kamado grill Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. Fendel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports' Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. The weather outside is really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com glorydaysgrill Great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. 
Back in here on GCR. Hey, don't forget, it's fight night on Saturday night in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. If you don't have plans for tomorrow night. Is Carson fighting Yes, this that's week? the big fight. The big fight in the FanDuel Sportsbook. We have Carson taking on, actually fighting Griffin, which um, I'm looking yep. forward to see. And winner is the uh, the producer and sidekick wow. of uh, Glenn Clark Radio moving forward. That would be such a great. What are the FanDuel odds? Yeah, yeah uh, I'm plus 150 underdog. Yeah, I got. That makes sense. I didn't see the same should thing. definitely be the. Oh, because you're a national champion, you well, think yeah, you yeah, deserve yeah. to get yeah. the. Uh, that would be such a great that. way to 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 hire your producer it's a for great a year. Point. Why didn't you we know, think about that when we were going through the hiring process? Yep. Just everybody yep. get in here and fight yep. and duke it out. Yeah. Of course, Javante Davis is fighting Hector Luis Garcia tomorrow night, and the best place to watch and bet on the fights is, of course, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel because you don't have to pay a penny. You can watch the fights for free and win money betting on them. Now, is that a pay-per-view fight? That is a, yeah, it's a Showtime pay-per-view fight tomorrow night. So um, the best place to, it's in D.C., by the way. It's just down the road. But you also have to pay quite the pretty penny to get in down in D.C. So, again, I don't know why you would do that. Just email events at sportssocialmd.com right now. Say, hey, I'd like to come down for the fights on Saturday night. You don't have to pay anything. You can reserve your table. You can reserve your reclining chairs. They still have a few left for the fights tomorrow night. And you can uh, win some money betting on Javante Davis uh, against... Uh, by the way, you, you're not going to win a ton of money just betting on him outright because he is an overwhelming favorite against Hector Luis Garcia tomorrow night. It's, uh, it's supposed to be a tune-up for him to have a Ryan Garcia fight. He has to, of course, continue to stay out of trouble, which has not been easy for Javante Davis over the years, unfortunately. But again, Fandle Sportsbook. Very gifted fighter. Incredible fighter. A lot of other issues. A yeah. lot of other issues. Yeah. FanDuel Sportsbook Live Casino and Hotel tomorrow. Um, Stan, before we talk to Brian Newberry, you did have you were back this week on Facebook Live. I most certainly was back. You were talking with Dan Crowley, correct? Yes, Dan Crowley. Yeah. Of course, the former Towson quarterback who is now running the NIL Collective. The best is uh, head foundation. Yes, for the University of Maryland with yep. uh, his old buddy Mike Loxley down there. He has uh, moved on from his role in the athletic department at Towson, and he has launched that. Just want to explain, because it, it is a little tricky to understand it. He technically does not work yeah, for, for the university. Yes, just kind it's, of in He's affiliated yes. with the, uh, the football program. So you can uh, find that conversation right now at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline, pressboxonline.com slash video. And then coming up this week, you're catching up with Jim Gott. Jim Gott, a former big league pitcher, mostly with the Toronto Blue Jays and a couple other teams, I think. Pittsburgh Pittsburgh for sure, yes. Yeah, Jim is the guy, if you don't remember, and it's been quite a while, in in 1995 – who put up his game ball from his first major league victory, which happened to be the first game of Cal Ripken's streak. Yes, his first career win in 1982 was <laughs> right. the same. It, it, again, at the day, he had no idea. It was right. just That's the only significance right. of the day was right. it was his first career win right. when he was at Toronto Blue Jays. And somehow how he found that out, I don't because I think it all came from him. I don't think the Orioles said, hey. He was hurt you, in 1995. Right. Got a call, and and he was so overjoyed by the idea of being there to be a part of the ceremony to celebrate Cal Ripken breaking oh, the, the game. Then he thought back that it was the first game. Right. Okay. And um, offered to give Cal Ripken his ball. Cal was reluctant to take it, and Jim was was I I, I got to and do the this. doctor that was going to do the surgery, you know, to remove 
Jim God's Red ball. ball, right? Yeah. Correct. Uh, but um, bum, but um, bum. Jeez. No, it's it's really one of the most touching baseball yeah, stories. And awesome. Cal was like, Cal was like blown away by it. Like, you can't give me your. And he said, it really belongs with you. I, he described it as like, I felt like I was one of the three wise men going to see baby Jesus. <laughs> right. Like the, talking to Jim God about that story is one of the great joys that I've had in doing a story yeah. ever. It's yeah. truly my favorite story that I've ever done. Yeah. Um, I didn't know. I had no idea. Stan, one day we were in a meeting talking about, hey, this is, I don't remember which anniversary it was. It was one of the anniversaries of 2131. Um, by the way, dude, is, Stan, is Stan's mic still on? I don't know what it just happened be. there. Talking to Mike for a second. Testing. No, it's not. It's very much not still on. We got an issue. This is why we got to go one by one and try to solve these problems. I don't know what's happening just, there. Just, just the good, the good news is. Should I take that? Well, that should one definitely works. I, I don't okay. know what's happening here. This is very concerning. Very, very concerning. Okay. Whatever might be going on, but we'll get it fixed. I promise, we will get it fixed moving forward. Could, also, as, as guy, we found out from this gentleman, we, we got bigger <laughs> problems. We got billet bigger problems going on around here. Looks like we might be moving. Oh boy, yeah, we got okay. settled in here for a couple of months. Okay. Anyway, um, it's it's truly whatever anniversary it was. We we talked about doing a story, and Stan said, "Well, we should try to track down Jim Gott." And I was like, "Why, Jim, Jim Gott? Right? What the, the hell are you talking about, Jim? You know, what? it might have been the anniversary of the game itself. Yeah, it might have been '82. So this might have been in 2017." That we had this idea that you said you right. should try to track down Jim Gott. I'm like, the f would I track down Jim Gott, the random former pitcher? He said, no, you don't remember. He was right. He, he gave, gave Cal his ball, and yeah. I said, all right, and I tracked it down. And it was between the two of them, both between his joy of talking about it, and then Cal talking about what the ball means, means to, to him. him yeah. Um, considering all of the many things he has from the course of his career, and why that ball really stands out to him right. because of the gesture from Jim Gott. Um, one of my favorite stories that I've ever done. And most recently, this summer, Jim Gott was the pitching coach for Dave Tremblay. Oh, yeah, up in uh, State College. State yeah. College. That rookie, uh, or so, the draft league team. Right? right, right. So we're anxious to talk to Jim. I've been trying to – it's been on the burner, and he was – when I reached out to him about 10 weeks ago, he goes, hey, I'm in Europe right now. And sure. then And then I reached out to him about six weeks later – and he was some he was somewhere else or something, and so we finally got it squared away. He's awesome. going to do it this Tuesday, not our normal Monday night. All right, Tuesday. Very good. Okay, uh, we had to do this yesterday because of uh, his schedule as he has taken over as the head coach at the Naval Academy. But an opportunity for us to meet Brian Newberry, new Navy football coach here on GCR. Well, after spending the last four seasons as the defensive coordinator at Navy, our next guest is now the 40th head coach in the history of Navy football history. It's a pleasure for us to have our first conversation with Navy head coach Brian Newberry, who's with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time for us, and congratulations. Absolutely. Thanks, Glenn. Appreciate you having me on. Coach, it's great to chat with you. I, I know, you know, the last few weeks, I can only imagine what a whirlwind uh, they've been. And I know there's probably an amount of, of awkwardness that's been involved with all of that. But uh, we'll cover some of it. But just for you to be the head football coach at the United States Naval Academy, can you put into words for us what type of honor that is? Yeah, really, really hard to wrap your mind around it when you just said 40th head coach of the Naval Academy. That's, uh, it's really humbling. Um, but just uh, a great honor and a privilege, like I, I keep saying over and over again, to, 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 to have an opportunity to lead this program. Uh, it's such a prestigious institution. 
to be my first head coaching job. I mean, uh, what, what a dream come true. And uh, just really, really um, grateful for the opportunity, uh, humbled by it. Uh, it's a great responsibility that, that uh, you know, I take great pride in and, and uh, excited about the future, excited to lead this program. And, and uh, you know, just, just it has been a whirlwind, like you, like you said earlier. Yeah. Uh, but it's been great, too. You know, a lot of, a lot of tough things, a lot to wrap your mind around in a short amount of time, but uh, navigating through it. And, uh, and it, but it's all been, been very positive. Obviously, you've been coaching for a long time, and you've been in Annapolis coaching for a little while, but we just haven't had the opportunity to catch up and chat, you and I. I was just wondering if you could tell us yeah. a little bit about you know, your, your path to getting into coaching from your days playing at Baylor. Like, When did you know this is what you wanted to do? And as you were grinding away, were there ever times where you were like, man, I don't, I don't know if this is really worth it? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. It's, uh, you know, I, didn't, I didn't grow up the son of a football coach, uh, you know, loved playing sports uh as a young person throughout high school and and uh you know when i get to college i really didn't know uh, exactly what i wanted to do and i kind of didn't declare a major until really late uh, had a lot of great high school coaches that, that really had a big influence on me and so i went in the direction of, of getting a degree in, in education thought i might coach and teach in high school uh after i did my student teaching i realized that maybe 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 that wasn't for me to be in the classroom all day <laughs> Um, and then at that point, I still didn't know even if I wanted to coach, wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but I, and I took a year off after I graduated from Baylor. Uh, went out, went out to Montana and, uh, was a, a tour guide in national park out there <laughs> trying to get away and trying to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do. And that was a, a great time of reflection for me. And, and, uh, at that point I kind of made my mind that I was going to try to get into coaching and, um, you know, kind of come up the hard way. I started off you know, as a graduate assistant at, Southern Arkansas University, which is a Division II program there in Arkansas, and, and uh, bounced around all over the place. I've, I've coached Division II, Division Three, FCS, and you know I've, I've painted grass fields, I've cut grass, I've cleaned out locker rooms and toilets, and you know I've done a little bit of everything. And uh, but it's been a, a you know a path that you know I think a lot of people look at uh, you know success and seeing it as a straight line up. My mind's been all over the place, and and. Uh, and I'm thankful for that. You know, it's taught me a lot along the way. I've learned from a lot of great people. and I had a lot of different responsibilities, which, um, you know, helped me to, to get the position I'm in here today. But, no, I didn't grow up uh, necessarily wanting to be a coach, you know, and, and, uh, and I talked about this last week. And I didn't even necessarily think that I'd end up being a head coach. You know, it never was really the end-all, be-all for me. Uh, I really enjoyed being a defensive coordinator for the most of my career. I uh, didn't really start having those thoughts of being a head coach until – really three or four years ago once I got here and um, had a couple opportunities to, to, to leave and go other places. And, and I stuck around here because I, I believe in the mission of this place. I loved working for Coach Nia Matalolo. And, yeah. uh, and then, but I started to have those conversations about, you know, maybe being the, the guy that when, when he was done, maybe being able to replace him. Um, and, you know, the thought was maybe that was going to happen when he, you know, he retired. And, and uh, you know, it just happened a little earlier than we all expected obviously, but thankful to be in the situation. You know, I understand how fortunate I am uh, to be here and, and uh, 
didn't happen the way I expected it to, but I'm certainly going to make the, the most of the opportunity. And I'm grateful for it. Coach Brian Newberry from Navy is with us here on GCR. By the way, I'm also imagining, like, if you had stayed out in Montana, like, you would have been your life looking like Yellowstone or something like that at this point. Like, I'm, I'm having the yeah, same thing. Um, <laughs> certainly be a fly fishing guide or something in that regard. And, you know, that doesn't sound so bad either, if we're being honest. No, no. Coach. That doesn't sound so bad. Maybe when I retire, right? <laughs> um, you mentioned obviously, you know, spending the last couple of years with Cannon, and you know, I I think the world of him. I think everybody that's ever known him thinks the world of him. I, I'm wondering what you could tell us about some of the things that you learned about being a coach in the next few years. And we know that there are thing there will be things that will be different, obviously, for you as a head yeah. coach. But things that maybe you will do as a head coach that you know you'll do because of what you learned spending the last few years around someone who's been so successful in that role. Yeah. I've learned um, so much from Coach Nehemiah in the last four years. Uh, we could talk about that for, for an hour probably. But, you know, my, my biggest takeaway is uh, he, he's one of the best leaders I've, I've ever been around. Um, does things the right way uh, for the right reasons. Uh, the way he treats the players here, the way he treated the staff when I was here, you know, the way that he handled adversity, uh, the way that he took ownership over everything. Um when he didn't have to, uh, all those things, really just the character, um, the way that he handled everything while he was here, uh, probably what I learned the most. And then there's obviously the football piece of things and I learned a ton from him in that regard too. But um, one of the best just human beings I've ever been around and uh, certainly a better person for being around him over the last four years and, and definitely a better football coach. And you couldn't ask uh, for a better mentor to prepare you for a role like this. And uh, forever grateful for him taking a chance on me coming from Kennesaw State. Um, he certainly didn't have to do that. And uh, grateful that he believed in me and took that chance on me. And, and uh, I just I can't say enough about him as a human being and, and just how much I've learned from him, you know, over the last four years. And, uh, you know, talking to our players and, and recruits, uh, the culture piece around here uh, is not going to change. The things that, that Coach valued and believed in, those principles that he hung his hat on, you know, I believe in those wholeheartedly, and it's, it's one of the reasons why, you know, I, I stayed here when I had some opportunities to do some other things because uh, I believed in that. Um, you know, on top of the fact that we, we get to go to work with these players every day, I think we've got, you know, the the best locker room in the country. I can't imagine a better group of players and young men uh, with this kind of character and uh, all the things that you get here that are, are a little bit built into the academy, but we've got phenomenal young men. Uh, they're, they're a blast to coach and to get to coach guys that you know are going to go out and are willing to protect and serve your country and uh, to know that the alignment um, with the institution and what your values are the same is, is awesome. It, I can't say enough about, about that. Is there, a, is there a line in obviously wanting continuity and wanting to continue what you bring up with the culture versus – you know, you also have to make your own, you know, mark and, and put your own stamp in as a head coach. Like, is there a line that you're trying to find between those two things right now? Yeah, there, there certainly is. I mean, uh, and I've said this, this is not a broken program by any stretch. Um, it's not a, a, a rebuild, uh, maybe a reboot, maybe is the better word to use. I've, I've used that before, but uh, no, I'm not, I'm not coaching him out to Lolo. Um, I aspire to be a lot more like him in a lot of different ways, but I'm Brian Newberry. I'm going to try my very best to be myself. Like I, said, I think we have a lot of the same values uh, as far as the important things that we believe in and how you treat people and the way you do things. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to be myself, and, and there's some things that uh, 
they're going to be a little bit different, uh, obviously. And, um, you know, we're, you know, offensively and defensively, defensively, we're going to say, uh, very similar. Uh, offensively, there'll be a few changes, obviously, bringing some, some new coaches. And, you know, my vision for what I want us to look like offensively is, is slightly different. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be myself and, and, but, but those values, those core values and, and the things that we believe in here, um, the things that Coach Nehemiah, um, built in here and are not going to change. Can, can you, you know, you say you, your idea is a little bit slightly different. Um, are, are we still talking about the triple option? Like, are we talking about, you know, air raid? Like, what do you yeah, mean by no, that? We're, we're definitely not going air raid. Yeah. I, I believe that you, you, you have to be able to run the football here. And, yeah. And we're going to be on your center. Uh, I believe in that. You know, that's uh, it's an equalizer. And, um, you know, we have to be able to do that. That's going to be our base. Uh, but we're going to be multiple. Uh, we're going to have the ability to get in the gun. Uh, we're going to incorporate a tight end into a lot of the things that we're doing. Uh, we're going to have the ability to, to get the ball in the perimeter and, and not just with a pitch, uh, to be able to throw it out there and get the ball out in space and, and, and take what people give us and be able to, uh, to have the ability to loosen people up so we can run the football. Um, and so, uh, you know, we've hired an offensive coordinator yep. that I've known for a long time. Yep. Our vision uh, for what I want it to look like is, 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 uh, is, the same or unified in that and i'm excited about you know moving forward and and you always have to evolve and adapt your offense uh to the times and and uh, we're going to do that and you you also have to be able to utilize your personnel you know what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses and understanding that and um you know not asking your players to do something that they can't do uh, but asking them to do something that you know they can do and be successful at and uh, so we're going to do everything we can from the x's and o's standpoint to help them in that regard, uh, but not get away from who we are and who we need to be here in order to be successful. You know, we, we have to have a niche on offense. We have to be difficult to prepare for. Uh, it's the same thing on defense and special teams. And so, you know, my, my vision for us is to be a nightmare to prepare for in, in all three phases. Um, and we're going to double down on that. And uh, But the offense will look slightly different. Uh, some of the foundation, the fundamentals of, of option football are not going to change. We have to have the ability to do that. Um, in, in my opinion, and so we're going to stick to that, uh, but we will adapt and, and evolve um, in order to be successful here. Uh, and obviously, Grant Chestnut, uh, who you referred to, the new offense coordinator. But I did see that it was still important to you to keep even a lot of the offensive coaches around moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. We've got some phenomenal uh, coaches here. I've been here for a long time and understand great football coaches and, and great people and. I poured into these these young men for for many many years, and uh, so it's important to me to have some continuity uh, on that side of the football as well. And, and those guys are phenomenal coaches. Um, and I know you know Grant Chesnut is a, an outstanding coach, going to bring a little bit different, uh, some different ideas and a, a little different vision. Uh, and I know, you know there's power in counsel, and, and so I wanted to surround him with with the best possible coaches we could find, and, and sort of have the ability to keep. Uh, some of those guys from, from from the offensive staff was was uh, was really important to me. Uh, I think it's great for our players as well. I, I understand that entirely, Coach. Um, we saw you know staying on the offensive side. We saw Xavier really come on this season um, when he got his opportunity again, and um, I think we are starting to maybe scratch the surface of what might be there. Have you have you talked to him? I know. You know, th- th- these are always difficult things, right? Whenever there's change, have you mm-hmm. had conversations with him and? You know, it, it, are you comfortable saying that that he's the guy moving forward, or do you need to open that up a little bit? Yeah, I think uh, I think I agree with you 100. percent I think we're just scratching the surface on on what he can do and who he can be, and and you really saw him kind of come into his own um, and start to play with more and more confidence as as the year went on. I think he's 
got some tremendous leadership abilities. Um, and to his credit, you know, when I was named interim, he was in my office the next morning wow. and, uh, really excited about where he's at, how much he's grown, uh, and everything's going to be open as far as, as a competition goes Glenn. But I am really excited about Xavier. Can't say enough good things about just him as a person and, and his, you know, what I've seen from him from a leadership perspective. And, you know, I've been in my, my cubby hole over here and just absorbed in, in the defensive side of the football. Uh, but what, what I've been able to view from him, I'm, I'm really excited and pleased with and uh, excited about the future. How do you possibly go about replacing a John Marshall coach? Yeah, it's difficult, really difficult. You know, John uh, uh, developed into a really, really good football player. And, um, you know, we've, we've got some, some depth at, at that position. I'm excited about the guys we've got coming back and, and uh, excited about the guy that's coaching him as well. He's done a great, did a great job with John. He'll continue to do a good job developing the guys at that position. And, you know, as you know, Glenn, this, in this defense, this structure, the system, that, that position's got to yeah. be – Sure. One of your best players, and yeah, and when that guy's playing well and is really productive, you think about it. Jake Springer played that position in '19, was was really productive. Uh, we were pretty good on defense, and then you know you look at the same thing with John. Just look at his numbers, and it's a guy we bring off the edge a lot. Uh, you know, he's out to the field in space and has to make a lot of plays out there. And we have to say that guy to do a lot, and he's got to be a smart player. He's got to be a savvy player, and uh, you know it's going to be hard to replace John. We'll, we'll do the best we can. Uh, coach, I, it, just another couple minutes here. Brian Newberry, new football coach at the sure. Naval, new head coach at the Naval Academy. Let me make that abundantly clear. Um, you know, one of the things that jumps out at me, right? Like there, there was obviously quite the high standard. Um, you guys, you know, you, you you put things together at the end of the year. Got that remarkable win down at UCF and incredible comeback mm-hmm. at Notre Dame. And and the program, the school decided that you know that that wasn't quite enough. Um, yeah. how, how important is that to you kind of being aware of, look, the, the expectations here are not, you know, Hey, we're an Academy. So, you know, it's okay if we just win every now and then, like how much do you own the, clearly the expectations are extraordinarily high of where this program is supposed to be. Yeah, no, no question. It's going to, it's going to remain very, very high. I think, uh, the games that you mentioned, you know, our, our, our kids know that we're really close. You know, and we, we did that with a really young football team, with, you know, 17 starters coming back. And so I think there's a lot of confidence on this football team right now. And, uh, you know, we've, we've got to continue to get better, obviously, on both sides of the football, and, and we will. Uh, but but the nucleus is, is, is there, and it's really strong. And so I couldn't be more excited about this football team right now and, and just the potential moving forward. Uh, excited to get going here in the off offseason. Uh, excited to get into spring ball. And so – you know, I think our, our players should have a, a good amount of confidence right now. You know, obviously disappointing loss there at Army. Uh, could have easily gone the other way. And so, but proud of this group, proud of the way they, they ended the year, proud of the way they kept fighting. I think that speaks a lot to the, the character of our football team and, and the resilience. And we got a great group, like I, like I keep saying. And so and, and I really, really couldn't be more excited. But, you know, our expectation is, is really high um, here, and it'll continue to be that way. And, um, like I said, it's not a rebuild, it's just a little bit of a reboot. We just got to do some things a little bit better, uh, and we will. And I'm uh, really, really fired up about that and excited to get started in this offseason. All right, just so we get to know more about you, give me give me one name, one person, um, besides, of course, Ken, who you, you spoke so glowingly of, that maybe you would say probably most responsible for the reason why you're in this position today now the head coach of the Naval Academy. Oh, man, there's there's there's, there's too many to single out. One, I, I feel like I'd be doing an injustice to – some others if I did that, but it's really, 
said, I've been a lot of different places and, and uh, had a lot of different responsibilities and, and I've learned so much from so many different people and uh, don't really have one particular mentor, um, you know, that, that I've really leaned on my entire, entire career trying to model myself after. It's more of a, a combination of a lot of really, really good ones that I've worked for. That's some, some great traits and, and uh, learned so much really at every stop that I've had. And, and uh, you know, you, you try to you're around good people and you try to absorb as much as you can from, from everybody. And, and, um, you know, I, and I've tried to do that over my career and, and there's things that I admire about so many guys that I've worked with and guys that I currently work with. And, uh, so I'm, I'm, I still learn every day. And, uh, I was really fortunate enough to, to work for coach Nemo to Lolo. That's, that's, uh, you know, once in a lifetime deal, obviously. And, and, uh, you know, I'd say that he's, been, he's had the biggest impact on me overall. And I already said that, but, I just can't say enough good things about him and, and uh, so many of the guys I've worked for along the way. All right, let me try this one. Give me. We always like to ask people your pinch me moment in your in your life in your career, like the moment that mm. you've experienced that you just had to look around and say, I I can't believe I can't believe I'm doing this right now. I can't believe I'm with this person right now. Whatever it is, do you have an yeah. all time pinch yeah. me moment for me? Sure. Well, both of them have happened since I've been here. Getting named the defensive coordinator here was was the first one. Uh, and then obviously becoming the head coach obviously is a, a huge pinch me moment, but, uh, yeah. not, not my wildest dreams. All right. All right. That's not, that's not bad. I was wondering, I don't know if there was like a game that stood out. Like you just looked around, you were like, Oh my God, we're, what am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you know, the, uh, I'll tell you what, the, the, the first Notre Dame game, okay. uh, was, was probably that pinch me moment, you know, when, when we were in 19 and having a pretty good year and, and uh, going on the road and, and being in that stadium, that was, a that was a pinch me moment. For yeah, sure. that's pretty significant. All right, and my last one. Uh, you are you're in charge of post game meals now. Moving forward, tell me what's on the menu for your post game meal, coach. Oh, it had to be a nice uh, a nice fillet mignon I mean, on the grill. I mean, my man, done my way. Reverse seared, you know, with a twice baked potato, something like that. I feel like after the after the first win, for sure, <laughs> that's gonna have to be on the menu. Gonna have to make that no happen. Good. Hey, uh, Brian Newberry, yes, re- really appreciate you spending the time with us. We uh, we will definitely be in touch, and um, you know we care a lot about Navy football up this way, and so uh, we will we will be checking in, and we can't wait to see what's next for the program. You you know the affinity that we have for Ken, but we, we are going to be rooting for you and uh, everything that you're going to accomplish during your time as the coach of the Naval Academy. Appreciate you spending time with us this morning, and looking forward to more. Thank you so much for doing this. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Glenn. Appreciate it. That's Brian Newberry, the uh, new football coach at the Naval Academy, new head football coach, of course, uh, as he will move uh, from defense coordinator to that role. Interesting to hear him say, look, we want to keep the continuity, but we're going to make some offensive changes. There are going to be some things we do differently, and it'll uh, be interesting to see how that plays out. Stan the Fan in his birthday suit in here. I mean, it's technically it is. sound it's like I'm suit. nude. Well, no, it's the suit you wore on your birthday. That's, I can that's pull up his birthday, birthday suit right that's here. That's true. We do yeah. have... An image of you in your birthday suit that's still available in the Boys of Hamden calendar. Stop by uh, K&S Automotive in Hamden or Poppy's Tacos, and you can pick up a Boys of Hamden calendar, which is available right now. And you will find Stan in his birthday suit in September. By the way, our friends at K&S, and I've been friends with Amir Khan since probably about 1986, 87. Known him. He's just a great guy. And the company's great if you need your car repaired. And I'm taking my car in 
uh, to repair one of the dumbest things I ever did in oh, my yeah, life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, where I backed into a handrail in my own you're not. House. You mean you're not supposed to do that? No. I don't no. understand. Um, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed they can keep it. You know, they, they explained to me if this fiberglass piece can be glued, it's going to be like $500. If it can't, it's going to be like $2,500. Oh, good. So oh, good. I might start a... Um, a GoFundMe uh, go for, yeah, for Stan. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they do great body work, too. Excellent. Yeah, and foreign car repairs... They're par excellence. And you can get your Boys of Hamden calendar while yep. you're there supporting the Hamden Family Center. Hey, before we uh, get our final break in, Stan, we have not talked at all about the Maryland game from last night because what in the world did we, we talk about? No did we way. have to? Uh, I, said, I jokingly said, boy, Maryland's getting off to a slow start offensively. That's weird. They almost never do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's they, the, they jumped out 4 nothing, and then uh, you snapped your fingers. It was 15-4. to four. Uh, they've done that now about three or four times yes. against good teams. Look, um, but Rutgers still, is a really good team. They but, are. But I, really I think it's good. a difficult thing for people to expect or accept because you're used to Rutgers being the game that you could count on winning over the years. Rutgers is really good. They they just beat Purdue. Purdue need to, uh, almost lost again last night to Ohio State. They just wow. survived in the end. Well, I mean, it's just hard to imagine that three weeks ago Maryland had moved up in like thirteenth yeah. in the country. Yeah, I never kind of bought that. But this is a team that did beat a tough Illinois team, you know, albeit at home and all. But it looked like things were going to be a little bit different this year. And I still am a Kevin Willard guy. Yes. Um, he His cupboard was really bare. And I think it's apparent that what he got to, to fill the cupboard is just not Big Ten quality uh, players. Well, they had six real players coming into the season and yeah. were kind of sc- – you know, we're saying real. None of them were exceptional. If there's a disappointment this year, it's Ben Julian Reese, right? Like yep. if there's one disappointment, that would be the case. And that Dante Scott was not really the guy that you could be counting on to sort of be your he he's a he'd be a really good player if you had two really good guards on your roster. Right. Right. He would be a great player to have. He's just not that guy. Um the, the, Julian if Reese has got to decide. Look, I understand why Kevin Willard fought like heck to keep him, here, right? Because he's talented. But man, well, if they don't have him, they have nothing inside. Right. But right? but they, why has that guy not really gone out and hired a trainer and really worked on you know this, getting bigger this and goes, stronger? This goes to the eternal. Is does Julian Reese believe that he should be a three four? And is being forced to play the five right. because there's not another option. It's just it's a mess. It's yeah. a mess. By the way, the other thing I, about last night, Cam Spencer. For you guys that didn't like Cam Spencer, completely legit. Cam yeah. Spencer, one hundred percent, very much a Big Ten caliber player. Much like his brother proved to be, um, not quite maybe at the level of his brother. That that final year at Northwestern was unbelievable. Um, but Cam Spencer is legit, man. So now you look around the Big Ten and you go, who can we beat? Nebraska, maybe. Northwestern. Yeah, right. No, that's the problem. You know, it was brought up by Seth Greenberg, and we had him on earlier in the week, that they should be a better team at home. I know that everybody that went and watched the UCLA game is going to say, really? Yeah. Um, But I I get the point that he's attempting to make. When they're at home, they, they have the ability to be competitive at home. I'm I'm starting to 
I never thought, obviously, they were a top 15 team in the country. I thought that was absurd. No, I thought right? it was, too. I thought they were like 25 to 30. But I did you know? think at that point the expectation could be recalibrated. They could be an NCAA tournament team, and that right. I'm starting to – Yeah, yeah. That's not that ain't happening. Yeah, I'm starting to feel the same um, way. What's, the only criticism that I'll give Kevin at all is I think they have to make tr- a transition now for this team – not Kevin's overall offensive philosophy. Right. They've got to try and shoot some more two-point shots. Yes, they are settling they for are threes. They are a horrible three-point shooting team. Well, he'll tell you that they're better than that. Like he'll tell you that they make shots in practice. That like they yeah. can be a better three-point shooting team, and we, you see it in moments with Don Carey, for example. Yeah. But then you see it for stretches where it's. Yep. It's an abomination um, yep. from beyond the arc. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere last night, Towson got a much-needed win. Uh, great news for Griffin because oh, Griffin yeah. had him in his big parlay this week to win by one to ten points one exactly, ten points. and they did end up winning by six. Six, yeah. So 64 if, if, if you were a minus seven and a half better. Not good news. Drexel hit a three with like three seconds yep. left. Is it true that Griffin's made like $150,000 so far? Yes, but he's also lost 144 $48,000 in the process. Yeah, maybe a little maybe so, closer to 149 Yeah, right. So, But still net positive. Net positive, what we like to say. No, this one would be a big one for him. He had a 12-to-1 yeah. a, a parlay that he put together yesterday. Yeah. Well, you guys and, can – Griffin's got an opportunity I offered him this morning. Oh, and the, the postseason. Post-se- Stan and Tim's I am postseason a, a tr- pigskin the, bonanza. Stan, it, I don't know. In the, have, you, have you ever made a Disney trip before? No. I but think of how much money you could win in Stan, this pool. I understand. But Stan, if, you're, you're talking to me. I think I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. You're talking me into it. All right. I have. I'm I am. In. If you knew, if you knew the costs that I'm about to incur related to this trip to Disney that I'm taking, my which, by the way, I was to understand was largely how, paid for. How many games did you do to to afford this trip? Uh, How many oh, games oh, and shows no, 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 not uh, of none of them. them. None of them combined right. would end up getting me anywhere close. Right. I. This is on me. I was just like, all right. We, so I was to understand that the park admission was taken care of and that the hotels were taken care of. My mother-in-law, God bless her, very sweet of her, said, I'll take care of those things. You take care of the flights. Right. I said, all right, no problem. So I bought everybody's flights. She got the park admission, the hotel. You need a rental car, right? No, we don't. Well, now we might. So that was one thing. They were like, oh, don't and worry. they're there's, crazy there's, expensive. There's now. bus transportation down there. Now okay. I talk to everybody that says, yeah, it's not reliable. Don't okay. count on that. Right. You need to go a different route. Okay, so there's one. Two. None of the food. None of the food taken care of. So I got to take care of that for a week. Three. PBJs. In, yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Three. In order to actually be able to ride any of the rides at Disney, you have to pay more. Getting into the park is only good if you want to wait five hours to get on a ride. Oh, my God. If you actually want to ride the rides, you have to buy not only the lightning lane, but that's only good for the secondary rides. If you want to ride the big ride each day, you have to purchase that separately. Every day. Every day. Oh, and you have to wake up at 7 a.m. in order to do it or else you're never going to get on the ride. It is a nightmare. What resort are you staying at? Coronado Springs. That's a good one. I'm sure if you say so. I've never been. I guess they're all. I guess they're all pretty good. I don't know. It's a nightmare. You this do trip. a lot of parades and you know the fireworks shows. Sure. And then my kids you know. are going to want to fall asleep at six o'clock every day. So yeah, less rides you have to get on, so that you have to pay for. Right? And I already paid for them because oh, okay. I had to you, buy them at seven in the morning. When are you going? A couple weeks. And who's weeks. doing the show? Uh, that might be the week that we end up doing oh. this thing that we got to worry about now. That yeah. might be the week. There might be no show that week. <laughs> 
as the time might it just or might maybe, work out. Maybe you could do it live from from down from there. From down there. And yeah. get Disney to sponsor it. Live yeah, from sure, the sure. GCR from the Tower of Terror. God, man. This is this this trip is a nightmare, my friend. I am broker than bro- I literally after we got we ha- by the way, you also have to read a book. You have to read a book in order to figure out how to go to Disney and then have a one hour conference call with someone in order to prepare you for taking a trip to Disney. Seriously? I'm not kidding, Stan. A one hour conference call. You got the hidden Mickey book? Whatever it is, oh, I got a book. Well, well, you need the Hidden Mickey's book, too. What so is can, that? So you can find all the Hidden Mickey's. No. All the Hidden Mickey's. No. Yes. No. Yes. Behind trees. No chance. When you're, waiting, when you're waiting in those five-hour line queues. God, I hope my kids you know, like one day in the future say, you know, that guy took us to Disney when we were all right. He's all right. <laughs> He's all right. All right. We'll come back in. We'll get a tidbit, too. It'll wind down for the week. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets start at over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. It's the perfect time to sign the young basketball fan in your life up for a membership in the Retriever Kids Club. It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It makes a great gift. Visit umbcretrievers.com slash kids club for more info. Membership is available for kids 12 and under in the Retriever Kids Club. Again, umbcretrievers.com slash kids club. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual best of issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the Birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code TAILGATE. That's ginsugrills.com. Reserve yours today. Join Glenn at halftime of every Ravens game for the Project Game Day Halftime Show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. We apologize in advance. There's not much we can do about his face. Yeah, it's so funny you asked that, Stan, because we were told, we, we said, what's the best time of year to go down? And they said, well, definitely not Christmas time. Right. Said, but come down right after Christmas time because there's a little bit, some fewer people there at that point. I said, okay, great. That sounds ideal. And yet we still have to buy all of these things in order to ride any of the rides at Disney World. You know what's interesting, Glenn? The, what's I've, I've only been to Disney once. I was in first grade, and I went the same week, MLK week. That's what you went? That's mm-hmm. when we were told. Yep. That was the best and time. And it snowed, go. and I ended up having the whole week off of school here, so I didn't even miss anything. Well, that's, that, that worked out well. Do you still well. love your parents? Yeah, right. Honor them? Yeah. I do. Yeah, does it mean something to you that they took you to Disney once upon a time? Are you willing to... to, to it's that mic. Yeah, I don't know. We got something, got something going on. I'm not sure exactly what it is. There's something going on. We're having some mic troubles. Nope, didn't fix it. All right, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. That's that, that's gonna be an after well, show. Yes, I love my parents. All right, I <laughs> hope it better be the case. I want to make that very clear. Better be the case for my boys. Better be the case. Hey, uh, gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. And remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call one eight hundred Gambler twenty four seven or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. All right, let's get a uh, tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by uh, PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers for all of the best sign-up offers and incentive bonuses for sports betting, including $100 in free bets from Barstool after you place your first $10 bet or up to $1,500 in risk-free bets from Caesars. Time's limited to get the best offers from all of the sports books. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers and sign up today. I saw this one. Uh, the other week, actually, after the Broncos got eliminated, they missed the playoffs for the seventh straight season, which is now the most. It's the longest drought in NFL history after winning the Super Bowl. So they won Super Bowl 50, uh, and it's now been seven straight years that they have not made the playoffs. That's interesting. Which is the most. Uh, that's an interesting tidbit. I was trying to think of somebody else that would have fit that. I can't. Uh, the Giants? Carson says the Giants. Which, yeah. which Giants? New York Giants. Which one? After which winning the Super Bowl in like 2008. But then they turned around and won a couple years it's later. A, it's a missing the playoffs. So seven straight years of missing right, the Right, I understand yeah, that. Yeah. Well, okay. they couldn't have missed the playoffs so if they won another Super Bowl. So when? which one? Well, they, could they, it have been the, after the second one? After the second no, one? No, they made it. They made it. Because remember, they had that boat picture. <laughs> oh, that's right. With oh, Odell Beckham. the boat yeah, picture. Right. Yeah, and it all went downhill after that. That's right. Uh, yes. And then, so then also, uh, it's Bengals week. Uh, Bengals obviously have, feels like they break the Ravens' hearts a lot in the final week of the yes, season. Yes, it does feel uh, that So way. it got me thinking about, you know, uh, Raven killers, specifically on the Bengals. So who on the Bengals has scored the most touchdowns against the Ravens? Uh, so tell me who has scored the most, and then also uh, maybe, actually, tell me the top seven. Seven guys with the most touchdowns on the Cincinnati AJ, Bengals. A.J. Green. That would be number one. A.J. Green, nine touchdowns. Joe against. Mixon. Joe Mixon is in the top seven. Tied for sixth with four. I mean, I hold up. I'm gonna let you cook if you <laughs> if you wanna. 
You want to just keep going? I got a few, but I'll I'll I'll, let you. How about um, who was that other receiver? Uh, Hushmanzada. Yep, Hushmanzada, third, six touchdowns. Now now I'm spent. There's got to be a tight end. There's got to be a tight end. I've got answers, but I'm willing to just again. You're cooking. No, no, that's. I'll assume Chad Johnson is probably on the list. Yes, Chad Johnson is. uh, I'm going to guess that probably you'll find um, uh, Corey Dillon on this list. What about Tyler Eifert? That's that's who I was, Tyler. No, no. This is very this, awkward. We got to just take, yeah, take that off. The, well, that's fine. You're fine. You're Corey fine. Dillon and uh, no, they can share that one. both have three touchdowns, not in the no. top seven. All right. But um, Jerome Simpson, the other receiver with, with Ocho Cinco. Not Jerome Simpson. What about a tight end? But I can't remember a name. <laughs> uh, no, not not another tight end. No. So not then, the then you get into okay. All right. So hang on a second. We the question is already, and I don't know if we're at already this Chase. point. No, I wasn't gonna say. I was gonna say Higgins because he's been around a little bit longer. Higgins or Boyd. what about Giovanni or, Bernard? Oh, that's a good or answer. Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. No, and it's not. It's not Icky Woods. No, I don't There's think it was Icky. Back. <laughs> there is another running back, Rudy Johnson. Uh, Rudy Johnson does have four, so uh, he he is also on that list. There's another running back uh, that I was thinking. Another about. running back. Another another running back, you're saying? Yeah. Um, so we're missing two people at this e- point. Yes, yeah. Is one of them a quarterback? One of them is a quarterback. Yeah, so Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton has five right behind TJ. That's, that's a good one, Glenn. One another more one is back. another running back. Yeah. I'm not sure I can name another Giovanna running back Bernard. in Bengals history. 2005 to 2012. 2005 to 2012? That's a long time. Oh, that was his career. Sorry, with the with the Bengals, he was it was 08 to 11. 08 to 11. Bengals running back. And it wasn't... How many touchdowns did he have? Four. Four against the Ravens. Uh, it's not coming, not coming to mind. Yeah, I'm not even thinking of another Bengals running back. If I'm being honest I'm with you, think, I'm trying to think of what a good hint for him would be. Um, all right, I guess, he, I guess, I guess. All right, hang on a second. I guess Rudy Johnson, right? I guess Ocho Cinco. He's a receiver. Who oh, the other okay. running back? Uh, Corey Dillon, I guess. Right, Mixon. We Mixon. Yet we guessed Bernard. We guessed. Oh, that's right. He passed away. I forgot about this. Yeah, he passed away in the last three years. This guy passed that, away. Yeah. Final. The fullback? Uh, no, it was a running back. He was a, he was a running back. Oh, now I feel awful. I know. I he made it even worse know, somehow. Now I feel I'm terrible. Sorry. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Went to Texas, running back. It is Cedric. Cedric Benson? Benson? I didn't even know he passed. Cedric Benson passed away? Yeah, in 2019. I didn't know that. I don't. I forgot about Cedric Benson. I should have gotten that, but I didn't know he passed away. Now I feel yep. terrible. Cedric Benson. Cedric what did Benson. he die of? Um, uh, well, I know because this this completely slipped my mind too. Okay. Um, well, you don't have not, to. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're not doing well here. Yeah. you should honor Cedric Benson a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, Cedric Benson. Motorcycle will. Uh, oh God, crash. awful, yeah. awful, just wretched. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes. Three years I, ago, I know. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm still so sorry. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for that, Griffin. That really. What a wonderful, uplifting way to end the week. <laughs> Got a quick hitter here. Or no, something. no, something in the tank. no, no. We don't just leave that alone. <laughs> I know it's dark humor, so I guess the way you would remember him is if he were killed in a game. Jesus, you would have definitely God. remembered him. God. Okay. All right. So, hey, Glenn Clark Radio is also brought to you. I'm sure this sponsor will be really happy to be attached <laughs> to this. 
Oh, God. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Pressboxonline.com slash offers for all the best offers. Um, Tubular is brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show, which returns uh, for the final uh, time in the 2022-2023 season. This Tuesday night, we will be at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. Tyus and a special guest will be there starting at 7 o'clock. Hope you will come join us. And if you miss it, you'll be able to hear it throughout the week. And then Friday night on 105.7 The Fan. It's a partnership of Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. We'll see you Tuesday night for the Tyus Bowser Show. Here's what's coming up this weekend, totally tubular-wise. Nothing yeah, – that is, as far as big stuff, football throughout the weekend, NFL games tomorrow – uh, beginning uh, both on ESPN and ABC for the NFL games tomorrow, by the way. Um, I don't know why I didn't list this. This is for some reason not on the uh, the home version of Totally Tubular. I will get that fixed immediately. The early game, of course, is Raiders-Chiefs, and then the second game tomorrow night is for the AFC South crown. It's the Titans and the Jaguars are the two games. Again, both ESPN and ABC, 4.30 and 8.15 for those games. Uh, local TV games on Sunday, of course, Ravens-Bengals, 1 o'clock on CBS, Giants-Eagles at 425, Foxes-Jets-Dolphins at 1 o'clock, and then Cowboys-Commanders at 425, of course, Lions-Packers, 820 on NBC. Uh, good news for Maryland is that nobody's going to notice them playing on Sunday because they're playing at 1 o'clock uh, against the Ohio State on ESPN. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't seem yeah. so great. Another quick turnaround for Towson there. It's Stony Brook tomorrow night, 630 on Flow Hoops. The Maryland women host Michigan State tomorrow at 1 if you don't have plans in the afternoon. Um, everything else college basketball-wise, you can go to glennclarkradio.com and find it there. Of course, Javante Davis and Hector Luis Garcia tomorrow night's Showtime pay-per-view, but the better place to be would be the FanDuel Sportsbook. And the FCS championship oh, game yeah. tomorrow at 2 on ABC. North Dakota State, an underdog against South Dakota State in the title I'll game I'll take the Bison. Tomorrow. I'll take the Bison. I, it's, it's hard to pick against Man. them. I understand that. Anything non-sports-wise? Besides uh, the movie that Stan is yes. going to watch. I'll, I'll get Christian to that. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is going to make her first appearance as a guest shark on Shark Tank tonight. Well, you can't. I, I don't care. I'm so sorry. I don't Nancy care. Nancy Pelosi will be on Kimmel. Okay. Um, Reba McIntyre's The Hammer premieres on Lifetime tomorrow night. What is that? She is a like hard-assed, uh, respected judge in this desert town. But why in, do I in Nevada? Because it's Reba. Okay. Sure, fine. And Get then the, the Pale Blue Eye is the movie that Stan the one. earlier that's, in a break. Yes. Stan's Christian Bale plays a famous detective uh, in 1830 when a cadet in West Point gets murdered. Uh, and so he, Augustus Landor is the name of Christian Bale's character, and he goes up to investigate it if and, you gets help, so. and gets help from another cadet named Edgar Allan Poe. Who, I, by the way, I did check. Legitimate. Went to West Point, 100%. Went to West Point. So that's, here, take the yeah. microphone back. Take that, yeah. If you don't this is on Netflix. The yeah. actor it's, looks exactly like what you imagine Edgar Allan Poe. I am looking forward to that. And I've seen him in something else, but I can't quite pin it down. It starts today on Netflix. People could watch it. They I, could exit our show yes. and watch it right now. Right now. Here, I'm going to say goodbye. So Harry hold, on that, hold on that for a second. We can uh, wrap yes, up. Yes, sir. All right. That's it? That's what we need to know? Yep, yep. Very good. Tubular was also brought to you today by the Ginsu Kamado Grill. Again, use the code TAILGATE at GinsuGrills.com. You'll save $100. Stan, happy birthday, my friend. Thank you. 
Thank enjoyed you. hanging out with you. I enjoyed it as well. We will see you again next Friday. Uh-huh. You'll be on with the boys tomorrow morning on the Bat Around. Uh, try to forgot about they're back, that. They're back I'm as well back. tomorrow. I'm back. 10 to noon talking baseball. Yep. And then, of course, as we mentioned, uh, Jim Gott on Tuesday night with you. And Amir Kiefer from, yeah, from the blackandgold.com. Uh, All right. So we will look Podcast. forward to that next week. Podcast uh, and site. Yeah, it's, website. Uh, yep. Yeah, website. From there, Maryland Recruiting. For basketball, football, women's, everything. Okay. Very good. All right. Thank you to Stan for hanging out with us today. Thanks. Happy birthday, Stan. Yeah. Yes. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thanks also today to Brian Newberry, new Navy coach, Rocky Boyman from out in Cincinnati, and Bo Smolka. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the Oh, my God. It's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Uh, on Monday, we are going to be scheduled to be joined by Eric Zier, former Ravens quarterback, who is now the color analyst for Georgia football. We will preview the national championship game with a great – He did play at Georgia. He was at Georgia, and now <laughs> he is their color analyst. Thanks today to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Casa Sin, Maryland Jockey Club, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, UMBC Athletics, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Carson. Carson Ware with an I on all social. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Ravens. I mean, sure. Duke sucks.